previously on 1,000 Wives of Weird. Hey, Ian, put a mask on. I'm editing in here. If those are my discharge papers, give it to me straight. I can take it. I have a message. Lieutenant Colonel Billy Martell's plane was shot down over the sea of Japan. It spun in. There were no survivors. Your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of Vincent Price in a disco afro. I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? What's up? Let's rock indeed. Welcome to 1000 Wives of Weird, the podcast for weird movies. I'm your co-host Ian Kiefer and joined as always by Brad Hefner. And folks, this is the Spider-Man meme episode where we all point at each other because we have one of the original Wives of Weird back in the studio today. We're honored to welcome back Billy Martell. Yes, I'm a wife. I'm a wife of a weird man. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it smelled like the Sea of Japan in here. Yes. I, it looked like I was dead, but actually I was saved by a bunch of purple stuff drinking homeless men who brought me, they brought me back from the dead, and now I'm here to commit murders based on various murders that occurred on movies that we have covered in the show. Yes. <laughs> Which I, I'm thinking about that concept, and it works. This thing, this concept, this was my life, Brad. <laughs> this right. is what I'm doing now. Right, the concept Respect for your life. Respect my choices. I'm a life coach. You're a life coach, right? I'm your life coach. That's right, I forgot. It's been so long. Yeah, well, I've been charging you every day, so. It's <laughs> messed up that you charged me for the time you thought I was dead. Well, you know yeah. what? That's what life insurance is for. That's true, that's true. <laughs> So, Brad and I have been wanting to get Billy on for another episode, and we wanted to pick something different, and I was so happy when I heard that Billy was a fan of my favorite movie of all time, the campy Vincent Price black comedy, Theater of Blood. So I knew that whenever we did this episode, we had to get Billy on. Billy is a Vincent Price stan Mm -hmm. of the highest order. Of the highest order. Yep. Absolutely. You're a 33rd degree... Vincent Price stand. Absolutely, yes. I have a thirty-third degree Vincent Price black belt. <laughs> so how did now, you? Now is that a black belt you get to help you fight Vincent Price, <laughs> <laughs> or are you trained in Vincent Price's martial arts style, Ooh. which I assume is Jeet Kune Do? It's Venuji and Aikido, actually. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yes, no, it's it's definitely the second thing you said. I would never fight Vincent Price. He is no. my daddy, and I need to protect him at all costs. Sometimes you have to kill your sensei, though. That's true. Well, one day maybe when. <laughs> If he comes back from the grave, I was as, I, say, as I have, the student has become the master. <laughs> <laughs> He's come back to life in enough movies. I'm sure he he has a some sort of way of doing it. By Vincent now. Price fights back from the grave. That's, that's true. A movie I desperately want to exist. <laughs> Why wasn't there? There should have been Vince exploitation movies. <laughs> just a bunch of middle-aged men with widow's peaks, <laughs> just like. <laughs> 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 The, the, the biggest problem I have with the John Wick movies is that John Wick should have been played by Vincent Price. Oh, God, that would <laughs> if be great. Had, if you had someone saying, Vincent Price is the Baba Yaga, I buy it immediately. 
you know, no more words need to be said. Yes, absolutely. Vincent Price lives in a house with a chicken leg. Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves never really bought that. They never bought the chicken leg house thing from Keanu Reeves. That's true. So, man. yes, I'm thinking I'm bad. <laughs> Yeah. Turn to Paul Lind. <laughs> I don't. The I, line between Paul Lind and Vincent Price is this thing. It, that's true. <laughs> it, it's more. It's more of a, a timbre thing. It's, it's a timbre. Like yes. A, yes. But yeah, no, I'm not. I don't do a great Vincent Price, but we'll be hearing a lot of it's, our. It's difficult. To, Vincent Price is is a very a difficult vocal timbre because it, it is both a high pitch voice and a low pitch voice at the same time, and I mm, don't know. Yes. Maurice LaMarche is the only actor I've ever yeah. heard do a killer Vincent Price. He Because Vincent Price did a role on Scooby-Doo back in the day, they keep bringing his character back, but he's dead. So Maurice, <laughs> so Maurice LaMarche has to keep coming back to do it instead. It would be oh, funny wow. if they just only used old Vincent Price clips. From, <laughs> like, like, so every episode's like, Oh my, the Harlem Globetrotters! <laughs> God, I and wish, kids are I like, who the didn't. fuck are the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> Why are they on every episode <laughs> of every single... <laughs> do, you, do you know what Vincent Price's name was when he was on Scooby-Doo? Oh, on the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo? Yes. Um, Vincent Van Gogh. That's Vincent, what it was, yeah. That's such a good name. That's right. Vincent Van Gogh was his name. I which knew the is word Gogh was in it. So good. I anyway, anyway, we're watching the movie theater. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a show. Are we? I don't know. <laughs> I say I would have loved if they took the segments from his cooking show and put them in Scooby Doo. Oh <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Scooby Doo. Uh, Vincent Price was a gourmand. He also had a. Sh I just found this out doing a little bit of research on him. He had a show where he like encouraged children to read and write their own stories. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, it was just he just had like a segment where he would highlight like stories and pictures drawn by kids, <laughs> and it was so on cool. PBS, and he did no macabre elements at all. It was just Vincent Price. Being a love of ch lover of children, saying this is a story little Sally wrote <laughs> about a party she attended because her mother was was out of town. Oh god, that's so good. I'm Vincent Price, and I am the Reed Asker. <laughs> I ask you to read, and you to write. <laughs> and if you don't, horrible things happen to your family. <laughs> So, Billy, how had you heard of Theater of Blood then? Theater of Blood, uh, how I heard of it, I was, I've always been a Vincent Price fanboy. One of the very first movies that I remember being a hardcore fan of was The Great Mouse Detective from yes. Disney. And Vincent Price's Professor Radigan is probably the best Professor Moriarty interpretation of all time. Yeah. I still need to see this movie. You guys both rave it's about it. So, it's, it's my favorite Disney movie. I, I have no idea if it'll be up your alley or not. It is not very popular, but okay. it is True. really, really good for me as someone who uh, is obsessed with Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Uh, it's you love really mice. Good. I love mice in particular. You have one poking out of your pocket I right do. now. I do. This is, get back, Gregory, get back. <laughs> Be careful, he's vicious. Uh, no, I. But yeah, I, I love that. I've, I've always been a fan of, of his stuff and classic horror in general, and the, the whole stable of like Boris Karloff mm -hmm. and Bela Lugosi, all those people. And then when I was in college, a roommate that I've since fallen out with gave me a big case full of Vincent Price movies. They just found Ooh. on a shelf somewhere. 
and I remember this is how I discovered. <laughs> What's this dumb shit here? Yeah. Billy, you take it. Comes yeah, goodwill. Here you go. Basically that, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, but I went through, and I wasn't a big fan of most of the movies in there, to be honest. Like, it, yeah, it was just sort of a cheap yeah. set. He's uh, done a lot of movies. He's done a lot he of does, movies. Has, yeah. This is how I saw Doctor Fives. Eighty-five percent of them can't be winners, Billy. Exactly. <laughs> but I, this is how I discovered a movie that I showed you, Brad, ages ago. Oh yes. Uh, the Witchfinder General. Yes. I love that movie. Probably the most intense movie Vincent Price was ever in. Yes. Because most of his horror movies are very campy. Witchfinder General was not that. It's no. a very serious sort of folk horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. And I it's, know it's not one of his favorites because he didn't like the violence and he, stuff he, in it. It was not his favorite. He enjoyed the camp of horror, mm-hmm. and he also had a contentious relationship with the director because the director did not like the whole Vincent Price thing yeah. and kept like making him do a hundred takes to make sure that he beat out the over the topness of him <laughs> and made him just like act. Yeah, uh, and uh, he, he was a great actor. He just didn't. He oh, wasn't he, there for the vibes of that particular film. He was film. Yeah. In that But movie. he's still great, yeah. Um, so great. And then I also saw Theater of Blood, and as a, also a lifelong fan of Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and obsessive over that over that whole thing, It's this is sort of a weird marriage of two very fun, weird things that I absolutely adore. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you, had you heard of it before this? I think I had uh, some vague ideas about it. I didn't know much about it, aside from Shakespeare Kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also a big fan of Diana Rigg. I forgot to mention oh, that. So, so three good. things I'm absolutely yes. in love with. So I heard about it. I was in my dorm, and I was just like looking at weird horror movie lists. And you I gotta. found this one. Like you said, it was like Shakespearean kills. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, it's Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I need to find this. So I went home uh, break like that weekend, watched it. And then I think I've seen it like over ten times now, and that was like wow. a year ago. Yeah, no, it's... that's a lot. I was about to bring up the young again. Ian is the young cat. His, yeah. his yeah. time span is much different than Billy and I's. Sure, but yeah, ten times in a year. I love this movie. Like I'll get it in, but I just there's something about it. it's my favorite movie of all time. That's wild. That's yeah. great. <laughs> no, I dig um, that. That's yeah. respectable favorite movie, even though it's for only sure. been for a year. But like, yeah. it's better than like. I feel like. Again, like seventy percent of people's favorite movies, like Saving Private Ryan. Right. Yeah. Sure. No, I I definitely respect the pick of Theater of Blood more than Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> As someone who has, for the record, never seen Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> I saw it once. But like, it's such a normcore movie. Right. Uh, no, it's, it's I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. It's long. Nothing boring, against yeah. T. Hanks. Sure. Yeah. T. <laughs> T. Hanks, your own personal friend. Yep. Yeah. And and life coach. We actually had him on while life you were coach. gone. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. He was pretty cool. Oh, I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> So, Brad, would you recommend Theater of Blood? Oh, absolutely. I had a lot of fun with this. I have seen some Vincent Price. Probably my favorite Vincent Price was Mask of the Red Death, Ooh, which I don't think so I... Have good. you seen Oh, it? yeah. So good. I still haven't seen it. It's I own good. it, but I still haven't seen it. It's, it's good. so good. It's, it's real fun. It's one of... Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, that was Corman, right? I'm pretty sure. I was like, it's yeah. one of Corman's best. Corman I released think. a whole bunch of Poe adaptations in a row. To the Raven. And, yeah. Yeah. Public yeah. domain, baby. Public domain. <laughs> I think it's on Amazon Prime, too, so it's easy to find and stuff, which is good. But, yeah, I'd absolutely recommend this. This is a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't really know who Vincent Price is, you'll fall in love with him through this. Because yeah, for real. Unlike something like Witchfinder General, where mm-hmm. he's just sort of, again, does great acting, but it's not like... People remember Vincent Price for a reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's because he's... Yeah. <laughs> he's like if John Waters were a local horror host. Yes! <laughs> That's a great way to put it, John actually. Waters is Elvira. <laughs> 
is a, the dress is a bit roomy in the front for me. Uh, <laughs> complete. I think that if you want to know what the whole thing about Vincent Price is, yep. this is a great movie to watch. This is peak Price. This is mm-hmm. peak Vincent Price. This is what people go to Vincent Price movies for. If you if you're for some reason squicked out by blood and are still listening to this podcast, <laughs> uh, I would recommend maybe House on Haunted Hill is another one like. One of the most prime Vincent Price movies I can think of. I was just telling Brad about that before, yeah. This movie is a goddamn delight. I love this movie to pieces. Uh, It's not my favorite movie of all time, but uh, there there are a couple of sections that's... Basically, anytime Vincent Price is not on screen, it goes down a star for me, and then he jumps right back up when he's back on screen. That's fair. But I, I absolutely love this movie, and uh, if you like Shakespeare, Diana Rigg, or Vincent Price, it's good for you. Yeah. 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 And we well, you know I recommend it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite movie, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> This I hate every movie, and this is my favorite, but I hate them all. <laughs> this, this is my favorite movie, and it's only for me. No one else can have it. Get right. back, bitches. <laughs> Just getting some background info. Um, yeah. Came out in 1973. It was directed by a guy called Douglas Hickox. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. He has made some 70s B-movies. Nothing mm-hmm. really made known except, you might know, The Hound of Baskervilles, 1983, yes. starring Ian Richardson. Yes. Uh, I have tried to watch that version. It is just okay. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, because he directed that. And then the other movie, I've never seen it, but it's called Sitting Target. And the only mm. reason why I want to watch it is because Ian McShane's in it. Oh, and okay. I love Ian McShane, and I sure. was like, so. I mean, you have a lot of options when it comes to Ian McShane. You don't need to jump to this well, one. Well, I love this movie, oh, so I'm true, saying true, if, true. He, yeah, if yeah, he gets yeah, a good yeah. performance Absolutely. out of it. I just don't want you to be heartbroken when it turns out it's shit. <laughs> yeah, it seems like everything else this guy's made has sucked. Uh, also, oh, uh, well. one of the things he said, he was like, yeah, I barely directed the movie. I just kind of put the actors on and let them do their own thing. And I was like, because we'll talk about the critics and stuff. He's like, I guess there was like no direction on this movie. Oh, wow. And they just kind of did their own thing. <laughs> So I'm surprised it turned out as well as it did. That's some real, like, avant-garde directing. I guess. Like, well, I just want it to be natural. I just, oh, yeah. Let's just watch it grow. Yeah, this is a real <laughs> John Cassavetes project. Right? <laughs> what this is. Peter, Peter Falk would go between <laughs> the set of The Great Race <laughs> and Theater of Blood just in case they need him to fill in. Just maybe. Oh, my God. I wish, I wish Peter Falk was like, Playing the same kind of character he plays in the Great Race to Vincent Price's Lionheart, oh he's God, just like the little helper dude. Like, just, just, that see, would he's, be good. he's the head of the homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh, that'd be great. Hey, Governor, I just, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to bother you. But, uh, we're all very British down here. Maybe you could throw us a fishbone. Uh, so the idea was came up by two guys called Stanley Mann and John Cohn, who, mm-hmm. Stanley, I don't know anything about John Cohn. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> you know him? Yeah, that's what they, that, no, they were a duo back in the day. <laughs> back Mann in the Cone. day. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley Mann came up with the, or wrote the movie of Firestarter, the Stephen King adaptation. Oh. Only Dr- thing of note. I saw the Drew Barrymore did. project. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Never seen it. The, the idea came up by them, but the screenplay was by a guy called Anthony Greville Bell, who mm. also has done nothing of note. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, sometimes you have one idea. Sometimes, sometimes you have one in the canon, and that's all right. And I think the we'll talk about the screenplay. Of this movie is just fantastic mm-hmm. and everything, and like especially like the, like I, the Shakespeare and stuff, like how they picked out and what they picked out is just yeah. 
Yes, the stuff that Shakespeare wrote is really good. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) There is a line, and I don't think I wrote it down, but I was like, oh, I wonder what Shakespeare place was. And it was just the writer. And I was like, if you can fool me to think it's Shakespeare, that's pretty good. I think I know the line you're talking about. At the very end. I was like, that sounds really good. Is that just Shakespeare and I'm a dumbass? But Mm -hmm. I looked it up, and then they were like, no, it's just a really iconic line from this movie. I was like, damn. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, uh, This is Vincent Price's favorite movie of his. It's also Diana Riggs' favorite movie of hers Mm -hmm. and everything. And uh, Diana Rigg actually introduced Price to Coral Brown who I plays one of the... I going to say cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Heroin. <laughs> who would become his third, I think his final wife and everything. Yes. Diana Rigg did not know Vincent Price no. was currently married when she introduced them. Yeah. Yes. Play a little so bit of a home record. Scandalous. <laughs> this man is an insatiable pussy hound. <laughs> I need to bring him something otherwise he's going to turn on me. And the last little background info I have is the original title for this was called Much Ado About Murder. Oh. And as much as I love the title Theater of Blood, that per- that title's perfect. That is a great title. I think it works better as a Murder She Wrote episode than yeah. it does as, as a mo- as this movie. I think if you heard Much Ado About Murder, you would be like, "Oh, I wonder what Miss Mopple's going to do today." Yeah, as opposed to, point. "Hey, we're get to see a person's face get ripped off." I'm yeah. thinking of like a Woody Allen movie now. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, that's very, true. Very sort of uh, dinner theater what if, vibes. Uh, what if Hamlet was a Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. That's, that's that's the whole premise for the movie. <laughs> that's the Wikipedia little thing. It just says that. <laughs> All right, ready to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so we as, well, as Hamlet would say, oy vey. <laughs> So we open up with black and white silent shots of different Shakespeare plays. They're being performed. I wrote down on the couple here and I I listened to some of the uh, commentary track. The one good thing it did is explain each one of these. Oh, I'm not yeah. gonna go through each one, but they're all from early 20s forms of Shakespeare and stuff. Sure. So the first one's Richard III, 1911, um, Othello, Merchant of Venice, the fun thing about this one is the same actor who's playing Shylock in this also played Dr. Caligari. Ooh, oh, the nice. There's also Hamlet, which makes no sense to me because it's one of the ones that isn't used in the movie, but... It, it kind of is. It is, yeah. It kind of is. Kind of, yeah. Kind of is. That's true. Yeah. And then the last one is another Richard III. We are then introduced to George Maxwell, who's upset that a reviewer cut the best part of his review. When we go through the review... The dick pic. Instead of going... So we get introduced to basically all the critics except this one at once. I mm. took little things of like what they've done done but I didn't do it all at once so I did it kind of each their little segments so Maxwell is played by Michael Hordern he mm-hmm. is known best known for playing Lear he's like one of the most known oh, Lears and stuff cool. he played it in like three productions and everything fantastic a lot of other Shakespeare roles he was also in Cleopatra mm-hmm. the, I don't know what the 60s movie um, came out? the Richard Burton the Richard Burton Elizabeth, one, yeah. Elizabeth Taylor version yeah <laughs> this actor also played Paddington Bear in the TV show oh, oh cute cool. and he was a narrator of Barry Lyndon or Baron Lyndon Barry uh, Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. Yeah, I don't know why we're Barry, <laughs> Barry Lyndon, which I also haven't seen. I know it's a classic. I've not just, seen it either. I've not seen I've it either. either. Boring. I just long mm, stuff. A Kubrick movie, boring. No would have thunk it? So Maxwell gets a call asking him to come help him get rid of some squatters since he is the head of the housing committee. Yes, he's Peter Cabaldi in Paddington 2. Yes! <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, 
man, a remake with, with <laughs> starting with Peter Capaldi getting murdered would be great. Oh, he's also, I just love his little, he's very small in this movie, but he's snarky as fuck from the beginning. Why well, just, I immediately fucking hated this man. Oh, right? Absolutely. He's, because he's like, he's just this stuffy old British shithead. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they need someone with authority to yeah. go down there. Jesus Christ. Like he's fucking Donkey Kong. You're just a goddamn. <laughs> It's, it's a fucking theater critic. Donkey King Kong ain't got shit on me. I, I I'm going to slap them with my broly. In 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 a, in a sense, this movie has the same problem that a lot of people complain about with slasher. And this is essentially a slasher movie. Yeah. But the, the, it has the same issue that a lot of slasher movies are are said to have, which is that the characters getting killed off are terrible, and you're not afraid of them dying because as an audience member you want that mm-hmm. badly. Yeah, they're I, all contemptible. I don't think that that's necessarily a problem here and I also like that the contemptible people are old stuffy powerful people as yes. opposed to the most of the time when it's annoying teenagers. Our nation's most vulnerable. Which one? Annoying teenagers annoying or teenagers. stuffy people? Oh, sure, yes. I'm not here. With their TikToks. <laughs> But kind of bring up to your point, yeah, they're they're all these old English white people and everything. But yeah. I think they're all it's fun to watch different. them die. It <laughs> is, but they're all different as well. It's That's not like true. it's the same character who's dying over and over again. Yes, I often complain about that in horror movies, Billy, where it's just like these characters are annoying and I hate them, mm-hmm. and this is not yeah. fun. But while I do not like the critics because yeah. they are stuffy British white people in the sixties, yeah, uh, they've all said slurs. Yeah. I never found these people annoying. Okay. I was just fair. like, hey, you're a bunch of old British people acting. That's fun. I And of course, yeah. Trevor Dickman. Oh my god. Which one is Trevor Dickman remind you? You know which one Trevor Dickman he's is. He's the Shylock one, right? That gets his heart cut out, right? The, he's the Lothario. Oh, the Lothar Yeah, he's yes. great. And Meridu. Meridu. Ma- I mean, Meridu, Meridu is my favorite. Meridu and Trevor Dickman. Well, he has to be one of the most I mean, except Vincent Price is one of the most campy performances. Meridu is just yeah. like <laughs> Meridu's the one with the dogs. The dogs, yes. yeah. Okay, dogs. yes. Oh my god. And that's just him, I guess. He's, like. he's a. Everyone in this movie is like a long-standing titan of British acting at the time oh, this yeah. movie came out. Especially Meridu, like he was. Oh, yes. He was comedy giant and in Britain at the time. He oh, looks yeah. like he's done a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. would be very surprised if he did not. He played uh, one of the Louis in like a 1930s, uh, like a movie or something. I, I remember that on Louis his his wife does not want him to leave since she had a bad dream last night. And it's the Ides of March. Yeah, but yes. I was going to say on the newspaper, it's not very subtle, but it says the I, Ides of March. I also want to say that this scene is, without the dialogue, a one-to-one adaptation of the scene in Julius Caesar when Julius Caesar wakes up on the day that he yep. gets killed. Is it? There it's, is. Yeah. He wakes up, he goes into the room, and his wife's like, I had a bad dream last night. And also a soothsayer said this. Shut and us up, this. bitch. Exactly. She even says something about the horoscope, too, right? He, the- I, she says something about the horoscope in this which I think is supposed to be the, it's the soothsayer, the yeah, soothsayer yeah. thing and I, I love that they're referencing it so strongly here because that scene in Julius Caesar is one of the most unintentionally funny scenes Shakespeare ever wrote <laughs> it, it, because yeah. it's literally like Julius Caesar we follow him from the house walking to the Senate and he runs across five different <laughs> portents of doom along the way and I know it's supposed to be like tragic and like the inevitability of fate but I'm just I'm losing my mind laughing he walks oh, it's every so good. time he walks past Newsy extra extra Julius Caesar murdered the Senate stops. almost literally <laughs> yeah. it gets that blatant and I god I love Julius Caesar as a place the only history that I actually like I, aside uh, from Richard III I love so Richard II 
second. It's my favorite Shakespeare. I, Again, uh, weird I, things that I like. Y'all have read a lot more Shakespeare than I have. Sure. I've never read any of the histories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though I know, like, Julius Caesar from fucking history, yeah. sure. it took me, like, 20 minutes to be like, well, that first kill was Julius Caesar. One of the other wonderful things about like the the script and everything is it's very clear that the guy who wrote this loved Shakespeare and like it's not sure. like he picks the f- there's some famous no, he, ones he but he picks the deep cuts. I'm he like, does. What the I was fuck like, we need to Julius and Cressidia. Yeah, some of these <laughs> some of these plays I have never seen or read or anything. I don't. So some of these things I did not. I thought about looking them up for the show and then I thought, nah. No. I, I have some background. If <laughs> no, you do, great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've read most yes. of Shakespeare. There, I've read Tristan oh, and Cressida and Cymbeline and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I talked about Didn't, it. Isn't there like an obscure play he did about Merlin? Have you read that one? Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> I think it, I think I heard about that somewhere. It doesn't matter. It could Continue. be one of the lost ones. Of, yeah. Oh, we lost the one about Merlin because it was sadly <laughs> buried somewhere it in was, a field. <laughs> it spoke too much truth. <laughs> Merlin speaking truth to power. Uh, <laughs> It was Shakespeare's Do the Right Thing, but specifically about words. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, so hey, and Merlin whatever. throws a dragon's egg through <laughs> a church window. <laughs> so oh his wife God. says she has had a bad dream, that he shouldn't go in. Maxwell mm-hmm. brushes it off, and mm-hmm. he goes with the police to get rid of the squatters. They're known as the meth drinkers. That's what the British Ooh. name for the homeless are, I guess. Oh. Or like the, the people that kind of squat and that That's sort of thing. That's fucked up. That's yeah. fucked up. But I <laughs> don't think great. it's referring to methamphetamine. So he starts to try to get these people out. And like immediately he's like, I love it because he's like, I have all this authority. And he goes and he's just like, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> you all need to stand up. <laughs> he pushes past the cop to yes. like to, to really grandstand. Like, did he think there was going to be a photographer or something? Like, I, what the I, fuck I, is well, he doing? I have no clue what his thought process was from the beginning because it's like these people are already unhomed yeah Mm. so it's like what are you going to do with your waistcoat you have to remember that uh, you're thinking of that because you have empathy yeah and this this motherfucker this motherfucker ain't got that but (laughs) early in this we get one of my favorite shots in the movie where one of these uh unhomed gents just very casually yeah. Breaks his yes. bottle into a shiv, and it's 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 like he does it a thousand times. It's like it's yeah. his job. Did you see right. the guy in the background who's having like sex with a lady and gets and stops having sex to walk towards and everything? Yes, yes. I did not notice that. That's great. Yeah, just, they're they're just like making out, and it's yeah. Uh, the the tone of this scene changes so abruptly and without warning it's like the movie is is Mm -hmm. some sort of weird bbc drama until he breaks the bottle and just like oh no well because (laughs) because like probably back in the 70s like that's Mm -hmm. what it would be it's like the crusty old man would go in there and they would at least let him go sure but we're thinking like it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of derelicts in one place. <laughs> he's he's certainly getting himself right in the middle of them. The cop is hanging back. He's on his own. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like you brought up that line. They need someone with real authority. Just explains that character completely, yes. like what he is and everything. Another thing that explains the character for me is the bit where he's talking about, oh, they cut out the best part of my review, yes. and then quotes the best part of his review to his wife, who presumably has already heard it. But yeah. he's like, I need you. No one else knows. I need you to know how witty I am. And he also has it memorized in his head, because oh, it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. not in the paper. He's his own biggest fan. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. He starts, and they all grab sharp objects, and they get ready to attack him. 
Uh, we get this great like chase scene in this warehouse. Where he's well, like, first off, turns around to the bobbies. Yes, and, and he realizes that they have become mannequins. That's oh, right. I they? forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, no, he he's like. Officer, officer, and then it's two mannequins. Love this switcher. Oh, I never saw that. Amazing. You've Fuck. watched it ten times. <laughs> I never saw he was a man. Well, because what happens next, I think I probably just assumed my brain connected into nope, it's who the constable. They're are. mannequins. Hmm. And I love the switcheroo, but logistically it it's makes fucking <laughs> insane. Yeah. Fucking unless crazy town banana pan. We're gonna learn that Vincent Price is behind this. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I can only imagine like half of the rehearsal time is like all right, move the mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> Silently. We have to, ins- how do we install a trap door in this half-built building? <laughs> this this actor, uh, Michael, also is just so good at like, like that's what you were saying, like I've seen it like 10, but I'm always yeah. focusing on him and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's only in like five Turns minutes. Turns around, runs right into the mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it when I get home to see if these fucking mannequins. That's insane. I never saw that. Everybody except Vincent Price and Diana Rigg was Mm -hmm. some kind of famous actor, Shakespeare, like theater actor. There wasn't a lot of movie actors and stuff. Was Diana Rigg not famous? Or, or, oh, she was famous. She, but she wasn't like her. a Shakespearean. Right. Theory. Like okay, okay. every critic, like you can find Shakespeare roles, every meth drinker, whatever, the, the squatters, they were all Shakespeare actors and stuff. Which Fantastic. Is, that's another reason why I love this movie so that's, much. That's everything. a great sort of, I guess, set dressing to have yeah. like that many yeah. people that people would recognize probably. From from Shakespeare on the screen, that'd be that's fantastic. There's also a weird oh. Steven Soderbergh gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> you just have each of the frames coming in. <laughs> one of my fa- other favorite like background info about this is they had like one of the critics signed on, and then that critic told their friend, "Hey, you should do this movie." And yes. their critic told their friend, "They're all just friends, and just, they only had to get one critic, and they all agreed to do it because like, well, you're doing it. Oh, I'll do it if you do it, and everything." So he starts running away, and he runs directly into this huge roll. It was like plastic wrap almost. I don't even know. It's like a sheet and everything. Yes. Yeah, I wish we caught to Vincent Price in a spider costume. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a web and he's just shaking his like thorax or whatever. And it's like, oh, I would have loved to have seen like background, a back to scene, just see Vincent Price like setting up all these traps and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like him just making all this stuff. <laughs> One of my favorite Vincent Price things I had uh, back in college was uh, the Alice Cooper album, Welcome to My Nightmare, yeah. which features an interlude where Vincent Price delivers a huge monologue about how he thinks humans, man, the stumbling, demented child king has ruled this world long enough, and it's oh, time for the awesome. and it's yeah. time for the spiders to take over. <laughs> <laughs> my precious black widow shall rise as his most fitting successor! It's oh, wonderful. That, it, it still sounds great, but for like Half of that, I was like, wow, that's really fucking gnarly. That's like, <laughs> that's fucking like, this is gonna get into some prog rock or like funkadelic shit, like maggot brain. The, yeah. the worst part about the monologue is that, and I'd say this as an Alice Cooper fan, you are expecting something really intense after that monologue, and instead it just cuts back to more Alice Cooper 70s stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what if a woman were a clown? <laughs> Is that a she real would, song? No, but that's that's Alice Cooper's general. The point is, you bought it. And that's, <laughs> that's true. I feel like that's Alice Cooper's general seventies vibe. <laughs> really? The, the vibe of Alice Cooper is he doesn't remember because he was high. <laughs> So Maxwell runs directly into this. He gets stabbed over and over and over again by these guys. Mm. Um, he dies just like Caesar from Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. Just 
by getting stabbed a yes, bunch the, the of Yes, the lacerations and everything. I love this opening scene. Oh, it's oh, great. It's great. It's, it's really a horror element, Cam. It reminds me, not that much, but of Suspiria when we did that, sure. of a scene that just gets you directly in the tone yeah, of the movie. Yeah, for I real. I just needed a score by Goblin. Oh. Oh. I think every movie didn't need to score by Goblin, if I'm being perfectly honest. That or the um, Tom York from the new Suspiria. He also did amazing Yes, he that. did. He did do, he did do amazing, but now I'm just thinking about like Sound of Music with Goblin. And I <laughs> Stuart Little with the Goblin. Goblin is finally doing their Stuart Little tour, guys. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! M Night Shyamalan's uh, magnum opus. Goblin is what John Carpenter wishes he was. Yeah, I think John Carpenter is very content just being in his concrete basement, <laughs> getting money every a time, cigarette, and just like hitting two notes. <laughs> He, yeah, he just he's a plinky plunker. And just racking in that money for the remakes. <laughs> this movie also makes incredible 70s use of the fisheye lens. Yes. yes. It loves that fisheye lens, and in this particular movie anyway, really works well for it. It, it does. Especially during the murder scenes, lots of fisheye lens, and it's all great. After getting stabbed, he makes his way over to the constable, and uh, he starts speaking to um, the constable who takes off his disguise, reveals himself as Vincent Price. It was me, Dio! <laughs> and it's in oh, this God. wonderful thing because when he takes off his helmet, his hair is completely sticking up and everything. Yeah. And his like mustache is sticking up, so it's just uh, like, oh, it's great. I do want to point out, Vincent Price had a fake mustache over his real yes. mustache. Did he? Oh, oh yeah, I just thought he, has, he grew that out. No, he has he has a little, he has his little Vincent Price mustache, and then he has a way faker looking mustache it, yeah. over the little mustache. <laughs> oh, that's and that's, because that's dedication, everybody. <laughs> that's dedication to the craft of murder. Well, Vincent Price was just the most amazing man and everything. Like. Yeah. Fun fact, May have been bisexual. Yeah, I was going to bring that up later yeah. because like, his here's... wife in this is. Uh, Coral Brown was. She was known to be bisexual. Oh, good for her. Mm -hmm. My thing with Vincent Price was like, I thought that was always just known. Yeah, like, I, I assume. Like, because like, yeah. I know I Googled in my younger years at least twice Vincent Price gay question right. mark. Yeah. Again, the um, Paul Lind connection is strong. Yeah. It's very. I will say, I, I. He just has that vibe where it's like, you definitely have a lot right. of interests. If you're going to play this role in this movie, you got to be at least a little queer. <laughs> as it's true, as we as we know from show lore, mm -hmm. I grew up on a compound. Yes. So my <laughs> gaydar was somewhat stunted as a youth and I didn't you were like this is a Hercules. It was like for the 70s. Well, clearly Jafar is straight. He likes Jasmine. <laughs> Uh, you know, Did so you think Radigan was too? Of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. I didn't know gay people existed until I was like twenty. I had to look it up, but yeah, according to him, his daughter came out as I don't remember if she if she was gay or bi, mm -hmm. and he told and he didn't have the language for it, or at least never outed himself in that way yeah. but he did tell her when she came out I have been attracted to men as well she so wrote that in her biography that came yes, out yes that's the only ago. confirmation that we have aside from the gotcha. everything about him everything yes. about him right yeah. yes I, he also donated a lot of money to LGBTQ organizations and he stuff, donated so. money to a lot of really cool causes over the course of his life he was just a really cool he he said some very unfortunate stuff when he was young which he repented about oh did he what did he say I was trying to look up controversies about him but some I couldn't find some anti Semitism. When he first moved to Hollywood, he sent a letter to family back home saying everything's controlled by the Jews, of course. Oh, uh, he did. He repented of that later on. He, he was a young man. He had some. He took a trip to Israel. 
He went to he, Jerusalem. He, he went met to the a Jewish person, walls. right? I think that was more of what happened. Is that yeah. he just met Jewish people and he, he was joined like, the IDF, oh. killed a bunch of Palestinians. <laughs> Put a pin on that because I want to bring up that again because there's something they do later in this movie which I love about sure. Judaism and stuff. Absolutely. Um, when we get to the Shylock stuff. Mm-hmm. So after he gets sad, he makes his way to the constable. The constable starts to speak Antony's lines over Caesar's body and everything. These exact lines are at uh, Caesar's funeral and everything. It's not as yet the famous men countrymen. One of my favorite speeches of all friends, time. Friends, Romans, countrymen. We'll, we'll get there. It's just, it's the ones before that and everything. Mm-hmm. The constable is this guy's show. It's, oh, you can say it's Edward Lionheart. We don't know who that is yet, but we will learn and everything. Yeah, Vincent Price's name in this movie is Edward Lionheart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great Shakespearean I keep name. Rem- I keep remembering it as Richard Lionheart and it's, it's Edward Lionheart, not Richard. I keep You're tapping right. my can. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite lines in this movie, which I wrote here, is he says, Another critical miscalculation on your part, yes. dear boy. I am well. It is you who is dead. Uh, after the guy tells him, But you're dead! Got um, him. <laughs> oh, so good. Burn. Uh, we already... I'm about to ruin this man's whole career. <laughs> Yeah, so he starts to recite the famous Friends, Romans, Countrymen speech, mm-hmm. where it changes to Lionheart on stage, dressed in a toga as Antony, um, while his men watch him. Then they start to just be absolutely obnoxious and interrupt Lionheart's Yeah, monologue. they're a bunch of uh, derelict. They don't give a shit. No, they, they don't just... care about theater. I, I want... I want the movie where we see how he even got these people on his side to begin with. Like, sure, yeah. Hey, you guys want to murder? The movie basically treats them as subhuman. Yes. They're, just, yes. they're just sort of the Morlocks. Like, he just sort of, he came into their life and they're like, guess you're what our life is about now. It's almost like a cargo cult where he just, sure. like, washed up on their garbage shores. Yeah. It, which basically is what happens. Yes. Almost we're going to find out that he faked his own death by jumping off. Yeah, a which I don't know if he faked it. I think he was maybe he trying to yeah. attempt, and then he just. Oh, failed. you don't think it was uh, a plot the entire time? No, I think he. I think he just. Oh, failed. I thought he was just. I thought he was playing mighty chess. I think like, you could maybe. play it either way. I mean, there is water under there and stuff, but um, there is water under there. There is water because that would save you. It floats yeah. down. Uh, um, Lionheart then calls for a stage manager to come out to bring peace while they explain how he's a master of theater. Stage manager is a very convincing man. Very convincing. Very I was convinced. Very, like, if you ever, if you wanted, if you looked up in the encyclopedia, show me a picture of someone not wearing a wig and a fake mustache, which is how encyclopedias work. You know, you know, you know how sometimes you see a man? Imagine that. That's what's happening. Diana Rigg did put some. There's a what interview the, about what that. What the hell does Diana Rigg have to do with anything? Well, because she plays. We're stick. talking about a man. Okay, so picture Hyde from that '70s show. But Diana Rigg did say in an interview that she put something like down her pants and everything, Ooh. and I didn't notice. But wow, like, I guess there erotic. was. All right, yeah. Um, they talk about it in the commentary track. That's about one of the only good things from the commentary track. Can I ask? Was Diana Rigg being this character supposed to be a surprise? Mm. See, okay. <laughs> well, Ian's dumb brain never picked up on it the first oh, time. Oh, okay. I, I know, I'm stupid, but... Well, you're fine. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I will just, say, I think Diana Immediately Riggs, I clocked, like, oh, that's a wig. Right. I um, knew it wasn't a, a, a woman, or a, a man. I knew it wasn't a man, but I didn't think that that reveal was going to happen. I think she's doing a great job of disguising her voice, because she does have a pretty distinctive yes. voice. Yeah, no, the voice is... It actually sounds fairly mannish. She, she's a great actress. She's doing a great she job. Is. There are a couple things 
happen later on that make me question what was the intention here? I think there's some editing things because there's at one point, like at the end, it's going to be revealed that Vincent Price's daughter Edwina yeah. was mm-hmm. his accomplice the entire time. Bum, bum, but bum. there's, but during the Merchant of Venice scene, that's exactly what I was going to bring she's up. She's just there. I exactly, and she's dyed that's what hair. I'm like they dyed her hair because she's blonde in that yeah, scene. Yeah, but it's yes. clearly her. It's clearly, yeah. <laughs> she's uh, not even like hiding behind a picket fence like uh, uh, Wilson. That's what I was gonna say. It kind of it didn't lose me, but it was like that's the only I thing that I so think went confused. wrong. I was like, oh, yeah. we're not gonna have a little bit of a reveal where it's like, oh. I excuse so many things in this movie only because of the word camp and sure. everything. Yeah, and that's no, like there. When I say this is my favorite movie, it does not mean I think this is the best movie of all time. No, we there get you. So many things wrong in this movie, but I'm. Just just like, yeah, it looks like her, but it's camp, you I know. Will, like, I will, it's just confusing. Like, yes. from it a, is. From oh, a, I completely get it. I will say the cross purposes in terms of like what was intended versus what wasn't mm-hmm. may be explained by apparently the director not doing anything. <laughs> oh That's yeah, true. you know what? <laughs> yeah. That's something we really need to keep in mind. <laughs> Could be there. It's been six hours since we mentioned that. Yeah, it has, <laughs> it has been. It has. Um, so then, stage manager comes out to bring peace. Which again, like, who the fuck <laughs> is Edwina Lionheart to be like? <laughs> well, I guess actually, well, it's not you know Edwina, what? it's the stage manager. True. Yes. She is projecting very, masculine yes. energy. Yeah. It's other... very important that she hides her identity in front of only her father and his uh, and his uh, weird henchmen. The other thing and I'm his o- Baker Street irregular. The other thing I'm okay with it kind of looking like that is sure. also she never goes out with him. Uh, there's I think there's one where she goes out, but no one sees her in that. Mm-hmm. Vincent Price, is, uh, Edward Lionheart, obviously knows it's her. And the rest of them are meth drinker, drunk people who aren't really humans. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, this guy doesn't really have to be good. They'll take anything. Like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's not your daughter and everything. Sure. Um, because it's not like the police run it. Like, if she got questioned by the police as that, then sure, I think. But, like, no, I, I don't, I don't an excuse. necessarily have a problem. I just don't know what the intention was, which there probably wasn't one. And I don't know in-universe the purpose of the disguise, I guess. Fair. But uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's just living her truth. You know what? That's fair, and uh, shame on me. So then we move to the rest of the Theater Critics Guild assembling for their... On Mount Olympus, just this <laughs> gathering of the gods. I mean, it's their basic. fucking ancient cabal. <laughs> Um, and they're getting ready for their critics awards ceremony and they're debating on whether they should wait for Maxwell to arrive. I also love that the camera just shows a pic of them before we see them and there's just a cigarette put out right in front of them and everything. Mm. Uh, like fun metaphor shot. Right? (laughs) Um, Most famous cigarette smoker ever. Probably true. I don't Okay. Let's not litigate this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the uh, the secretary enters, saying they are to meet up with the police because uh, Maxwell's death, of course, and everything. Mm-hmm. And we get one of the coldest lines I think in the movie, which is the one of the um, report or one of the critics says, "At last, a headline instead of a byline." Oh, when they find out that, that was ice cold. Yeah, and they find out Rip as a bitch. I was like, "Damn!" These people That's, are all bitchy cads. But that line was just. Oof. I I. I wish the critics only spoke in like Noel Coward, Oscar Wilde <laughs> witticisms. Like, there's some other good ones Oof. later, but that one is yeah. We meet critic Peregrine Devlin, who's our pretty much our main critic. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he has to go see the, the John body. Saxon, the British John Saxon. He yes. does have John Saxon energy, doesn't he? Yes, I hadn't noticed. Yeah, John that Saxon forehead it. at least. Yeah, John and, Saxon forehead and John Saxon hair color. Yes, that's about it. 
Um, so then he goes to see the bottom. Also very close with Heather Camp. <laughs> he goes to see the body so he can write an article where he discovers a poster of Lionheart's is hanging there where he plays Caesar. Is yeah. that why they brought a critic to a crime scene? <laughs> oh, I don't so know why. Just... write an article? That's what they say in the okay. movie, but... <laughs> What a silly thing to say. I mean, <laughs> what a silly thing to do. He's like, if involvement I need... with the police, for the most part, is like kind oh, of silly. Insane. Especially yeah. in the be- before they get taken into protective custody, mm-hmm. it's all pretty dumb that these yeah. douchebags are being involved. My yeah. main complaints about this film are where the focus goes, because most of the focus, what is his character's name again? Peregrine Devlin. Devlin. Uh, most of the character's focus is going to be on Devlin following the clues. He's yes. like the lead. Yeah. And he, like all the other critics, Sucks. He does suck. Yeah. He's sort of a charisma vacuum. Yes. We compared him to John Saxon, but he is not John Saxon. No, he's not John Saxon. He's the nega John Saxon. He's I... the British John Saxon. No, he's the British food John Saxon. Just bland. That's beans. fair. I, I didn't notice anything, but I get that criticism and everything. I just think that he, like, the character himself is just a bad person. And so, and yeah. because, oh, yeah, and yeah. because well, he does not have John Saxon charisma, I don't overlook that. Here's the thing about this movie that I love. Is really you have no one to root for. Sure. Like obviously well, we're I'm rooting, obviously rooting, for, we're Vin- rooting yeah. for Vincent yeah. Price because he's so fun to watch. All but three the same of us but he's also a murderer. All yeah. rooting for Vincent Price. But yeah. at the same time, like I don't think that's the goal of the movie. Like right, yeah. Like, no, I think maybe the most important character in the whole movie is his daughter. What I would say is that I wish that the movie had focused had followed Edward Lionheart as the main character or had followed a detective character who was not one of the critics because we would have maybe sympathized with them yes. more. I agree Jody with that. Jodie Foster gets tapped. Right, yes. yes. Absolutely. I... She has to go talk to Devlin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just behind a, a cage of stewed eels. <laughs> I think the um, the police character in this is actually he doesn't have as much screen time, but I think he's pretty cool and everything. I don't. I think, think he's I think the, the, the police he's are fine. very fun. Yeah, yeah. they're fun characters. So Devlin goes see the body. Boy, what's this theater? What's that like? Puppets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, I love how they're like they're they're police officers, but they're not fucking theater critics. So they no, do yeah. actually kind of need this guy to be able to explain. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's also a good way to catch the audience up if they don't know what's very nice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of deep cuts in this. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have Brad explain the plot of Symboli yeah. later in the good, podcast. Good, 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 good. It's good. about a monkey. It has the symbols and it goes, <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> so Devlin is played by Ian Hendry, famous British actor. The most famous thing I think he did is he was in the first season of The Avengers with hmm. Diana Rigg. Oh. Like five actors in this movie were in the Avengers. I mean, that's yes. just kind of the. He sh- was not in the Avengers with Diana Rigg. Diana no. Rigg was added later. She was no, he was in the first season. And yes, everything. yeah. So then we meet another critic who is Hector I Snipe. Love Thor. <laughs> Diana Rigg as Thor was my favorite casting to see. Yeah, oh, yeah it was amazing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so then we see another critic, uh, Hector Snipe, who Alex is Guinness is an Iron Man. <laughs> Where's my booze? <laughs> I need some booze. Get me my rocket booze. Hector Snipe is led by Lionheart's stage manager, saying that he has the opportunity opportunity to meet the great Lionheart, who mm. isn't dead. Lionheart starts to recite Achilles' monologue from Troilus and Cressida. And he has this amazing makeup amazing on. Yes. Makeup. It's so... I wish he kept this on the entire fucking time. Because, sure. like, here's where he's really reaching his Batman villain apex. Exactly. It's like, there's some eyebrow, there's some white on the nose. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like a full, he's not like a fucking Pierrot. Um, <laughs> and that was... But but it's just like, it's 
unsettling. Like it's yeah. so it's minimal, but it's noticeable. And, and that with, was okay. with the helmet on before he takes the helmet off. You yeah. see the makeup. He looks like like the '80s version of Ares from the Wonder Woman. That's Wonder what Comics. I was gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing is, I uh, in the commentary track, he actually came up with the idea for the makeup. Oh, everything. This is his. He was in some movie. I don't think I wrote it down. Where he was like had to play a lot younger, so they used all this makeup and everything. And I guess he got. Again. <laughs> And he got Where he played both parts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a young nubile boy again. <laughs> but he got into makeup, and then when they were talking about Achilles, he was like, "Look, I know this makeup the, like person who can do this and everything." So he brought them in to be able to do that. Fantastic. The, and also, his tone during this is so beautiful and even. Like, yes. It's just- well, he's playing the Shakespeare. He's supposed to recite it completely camp, like so over the top and everything. And he does that perfect. But he also just is really good at delivering Shakespeare. Yeah. I think he would have been incredible if he was given the just a straight up opportunity to do Shakespeare because yeah. he's, he's very theatrical and that's what you want when you're reciting Shakespeare. Yeah. That is why this movie was made in the first place is Vincent Price always wanted to do Shakespeare, but no one would cast him because he was known for the horror movies. Right. And they're yeah. like, we're not getting Vincent Price to play our Macbeth. People won't believe that Vincent Price was married. No. <laughs> so when he got, when he heard about this movie, he was like, I've always wanted to do Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that is the reason why he recited Shakespeare before the murders and everything in the theater. That was all his idea. He's like, if I do this movie, I want to recite Shakespeare and everything. Absolutely. Might as well. And sure. you can absolutely tell when you watch this movie, Vincent Price is having the time of his life. Oh, in this absolutely. Role. He's having a lot of fun. Especially in this Achilles role and everything. He is just like, I like. I see why this is his favorite movie. Like, he is having an amazing time. I think time. he just felt a lot of affinity with the Greeks. <laughs> Too? Yeah. If you know what Yeah, <laughs> we get it. Here's my question that, yeah. I, I, that I kept tumbling over. Is Edward Lionheart supposed to be a bad actor because the critics seem to disagree like some of them are like at some point someone goes like it's that you always played Shakespeare why didn't you play something well, that's else? Devlin's yeah, yeah um, Devlin's really bullshit critique of, of Lionheart which is bull but I didn't know if like I think that this again comes down to the lack of direction in that the critics are all playing their intention very well of like yeah. they don't think this guy is any good and also mm-hmm. please don't kill me Vincent Price is playing the intention of I am a great, I am the greatest actor who's yes. ever lived. And because the direction is not picking a side, and except that it it knows where the money is on Price, and we're spending yeah. a lot of time with Price and Diana Rigg, who both are playing characters who think he was the shit, yeah. yes. most of the movie is us being like, I think Vincent Price is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of read it as that, but I also kind of read it as he is a great actor, but it's because he's such a narcissistic asshole. Sure. They, they might think he's a good actor, mm-hmm. but he, they're not going to sit there and give the award to someone who thinks he deserves the award and everything. Right, yeah. And that's why they give it to William Woodstock, who is the young up-and-comer. Yeah. Also perfect casting for Vincent Price because he was at almost at the end of his career as an mm-hmm. older actor and everything, yeah. um, which he talks, or he didn't talk about the commentary track but the commentary track talked about how like talked about how his days were numbered how he was <laughs> fucking on death's door but yeah no he kind of they talk about how like this was something that he talked that he was like when Marlon Brando came up to be he was in this 40s movies and everything and he mm-hmm. was known and then when Marlon Brando and this method acting came a thing there really wasn't roles for him anymore because yeah. this new breed of actors people came didn't up. want the hokey old timey shit anymore yeah. Yeah. yeah so I kind of read as all the critics think he's probably a good actor but they just hate him sure and also mm-hmm. if I have a knife up to you and I want you to say I'm a good actor you're gonna say it true because you don't want me to kill you like <laughs> thank you Brad I 
<laughs> I have a lot of integrity. So I, I that's wanna... fair. Good for you. Yeah. Good for You're me. like uh, Devlin. Yeah, no, that's what people <laughs> always say about me. <laughs> I thought it was your name, actually, forever. Well, uh, well, a lot of people don't know this connection between this movie and another famous movie. Devlin would later go on to found the pharmaceutical conglomerate Devlin McGregor, which would frame Dr. Richard Kimball (laughs) in the movie The Fugitive. Obviously, that's going to stay in because that's a banger. That's a banger. (laughs) I didn't kill my wife. (laughs) Boris Karloff comes in, I don't care. I just love how it's Billy and I being silent and be like, where is Brad going with this? <laughs> I was hoping to see some light, at least in your eyes, I like, Devlin McGregor. Here's, here's, the, I've seen here's the, fugitive, the, the messed up I just... bit. I saw The Fugitive recently. <laughs> I know you did. That's what I was like. Um, so Hector Stipe is played by Dennis Price, um, best known for playing Jeeves in a couple Woodhouse adaptations. Yeah, I saw that because I was like, Dennis Price, is there some Nepo babies going on here? <laughs> oh, and they're not related. Nope, no, but he did play Jeeves in uh, some Woodhouse, Woodhouse. adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, so Snipe starts to look through Lionheart's book and everything. When Lionheart comes down, and he like falls through in this like Achilles. He's in Achilles costume and all this armor with the helmet, like you said. And then he comes over. He takes off the helmet and he starts to read one of Snipe's reviews, negative reviews, where he uh, we get that amazing makeup. Snipe is then thrown up where he is held by all of Lionheart's men, while Lionheart comes up, shoves a spear directly through him, while he recites the very last part of Achilles' monologue before he kills. Hector, again, not very subtle, the character yeah. Hector and everything. Um, also, um, a couple things about this scene. One, Vincent Price is going to be going all over the place with his performance, yeah. and justly so. Go off, Queen. Yes. But he's in this scene, probably the quietest Price is in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of in the corner being like, why didn't you like my play? Right. He's <laughs> being, being very coy about the murder he's about to commit. But then when the actual, and everything is so campy and so Vince and pricey, when the spear actually goes oh. through, it hits like a thunderclap. Yeah. And like, mm. it feels like, whoa, I felt the spear go through me when I was watching the scene. Well, you were in your uh, state-of-the-art VR haptic. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, true, yes. And, of course, the first movie that they decided to make... <laughs> Theater of Blood was at the top of the list. We're Absolutely. Like, I want to feel everything in this movie. Watch Everyone's four, favorite movie. 4D Theater of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Vincent Price, good, I assume, good chum of William Castle. William <laughs> Castle would be all about that. <laughs> Imagine if William Castle got to see Shrek in 4D. <laughs> God. Do you know that ride terrified when I was a kid? Yeah. I couldn't go on it. I was so scared because donkey spits on you. Yeah. And that's the part? Yes, because this water comes on. I was like, I didn't want this donkey to spit on me. I was like, hey, guys. <laughs> I also wrote here, Price is so snarky and gay in this role. I love yes. it so much. Incredibly. Um, and also, I watched the uh, trailer for the movie when it, not when it came out, I wasn't alive, but um, it was in the special features. What is the timeline with you? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, He's and- quantum leaping. <laughs> The, the, He's unstuck in time, much like one Billy Pilgrim. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> the, the spear that goes through him, that's like the one of the things that was in the trailer at the very end and everything. Mm, so that was really? Like one good. of the shots that... And Ooh, I understand why. You know what would be a good movie? Murders based on the death of saints. 
Yeah, that would be that'd cool. Be fucking incredible. That'd be they fucking all gnarly, die gnarly ass deaths. Gnarly ass True. deaths. Absolutely. People can got we, baked into shit and stuff like that. Can we do the Pope who was put on trial in that movie well, too? Well, he wasn't a saint. I know, but can we find some way <laughs> we to put can it make in? a separate movie about the dead Pope trial? <laughs> the fact but, that that was isn't a movie yet astounds me with Hollywood and everything. Are you connected to a very powerful oh, organization that likes to not look oh, stupid in front of yeah. people? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's amazing. The I nun- can't look like a fool. Let me put on my tall hat. <laughs> Let me get my Pope mobile. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, Let me get my silver dead Pope hitting hammer. <laughs> <laughs> None of this is fake or weird. <laughs> oh, um, Trust this... us with your boys. <laughs> Ew. So the scene switches to Maxwell's funeral. Um, I love that he keeps fucking up people's funerals in right? this movie. Like, that's half the movie is like he kills somebody and he just shits on the funeral. Yeah, for absolutely. It's, it's it's part of it. Yes. <laughs> the pageantry can never be about anyone but Edward Lionheart. Yes. Declan spots Lionheart's daughter, and then when they leave, Lionheart is the grave digger. I'm I love this. I love this because it's yes. so goddamn stupid. It is what? so stupid. Like, because, because he was just... It he put stupid. on a full costume. Mm-hmm. One, where is he getting this wardrobe? Right. He's a theater actor. I mean, he also lives in a theater. He's also so. supposed to be dead. His yeah. first yes. his first crime was he raided the Goodwill. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> also, like, he lives in a theater, so I assume that he just uses the costumes that are in the theater. But maybe. Here's what I love, is he put on the costume yeah. just to observe. Yes. Which, okay, villain behavior. Sure. Absolutely. Then he starts to fill in the grave. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Because he's hey, the grave <laughs> The money for these costumes needs to come from somewhere. Here's, no, I said that. I said, and like... <laughs> I hope he'd put in like a full day's work. <laughs> like that's how committed he was. He showed he showed up at seven, and he worked a full. He dug a couple graves, filled in a couple graves. Then he went to get his paycheck, and they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> when I say Batman, when we say about, talk about Batman villain stuff, we're talking about specifically like this. This character feels like someone Frank Gorshin would play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vincent Price, the Eggman. And he the was egg, the Eggman. Yes, was. So we see the Gravedigger thing. I'm assuming this is a callback, or not callback, a reference to Hamlet. Yeah. He, he recites lines from Hamlet. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he starts with the Hamlet monologue, and then he finishes with the last part of Troilus and Cressida, which he start, uh, Oh, did he? Started. Okay. Yeah, I went through, and I'm a nerd. I checked every like Shakespeare line to see, and they take a lot of ones where they'll like start out at a different and then finish another mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm okay with. I'm totally sure. fine with that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially because it works it. well Absolutely. and everything. So then when the critics are walking away, amazing shot. A horse comes running in with the dead body of Snipe attached oh, to so it. Oh, it's so good. God it's so good. This. this is a surprisingly gnarly movie at times. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, it was rated R. There's some good kills. This yeah. movie hits a sweet spot in horror movie history right in between the dawn of like the 80s slasher genre and the death of the old gothic uh, yeah. Roger Corman yes. like, yes. universal horror stuff where it's horror movies can have as much blood as they want right now but also they're not taking themselves seriously yes. mm-hmm. George Romero is actively making movies right now but we're not going to focus on that we're yeah. not not everyone's trying to rip him off yet right now we're still not Vincent- everyone could go to Pittsburgh to the one theater showing Martin exactly yeah. <laughs> Vincent Price is still going to be Vincent Price it's just that we're not going to cut away when he kills someone anymore yeah, yeah. absolutely and, and the the dead body with the horse is how Hector dies in Troilus and Cressida yes. mm-hmm 
And yeah. also in Greek myth, like he his body is pulled by a horse around. Which oh, is yeah. what Troilus and Cressida yes. is, is, is based on. Based on Achilles. I, and, and yeah, they turn over the body and it really looks like he's been dragged for it, miles. It <laughs> is quite fucked up. There's some great was, makeup in this great. movie. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And we at least Ian and I were watching a Blu-ray, mm-hmm. yes. which has a higher trans... Uh, How did you watch it, I was going to ask? I, I do have it on I, oh. either DVD or Blu-ray, I don't remember. But I didn't want to get up to go to the other room, so I, I rented it on Amazon and watched it. <laughs> I say, it was on TV. YouTube. <laughs> um, I was I was too lazy to move that's around. That's fucking so vibe. I, I, I spent, feel that. I spent $4. It is on it's, YouTube. That's like uh, every time I leave work early and someone's sure. like, oh, I guess you don't need the money. I'm like, I look at it as paying money not to be here right. rather than yeah. losing money. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I'll pay yeah ten uh, an hour. I'm fine. Yes. yes. <laughs> the, the movie's on YouTube, which is where I've always watched it. It's not a great quality, but it was like sure. great. And then so when I got the Kino Lorber and I was watching it, I was like, oh my god, yeah. this looks my, amazing. My and point like, is, even in very good def, this yeah. still looks good. Although I, I'm never put out, sometimes I'm put out by bad makeup or but I love strings I love when you see strings it I just adds yes. to the fucking my enjoyment of it um, we also we I don't I think we're introduced to them before but here's really where we get uh, introduced to Inspector Boot he is played by Milo O'Shea who mm. was Milo O'Shea O'Shea okay, yeah. thank you mm-hmm. who um, I've seen in something else I would say the thing I know him from is he is Friar Lawrence in the Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet the, the, the famous yeah, the from famous the, Olivia Hussey gets yes. nude at 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That gross one, yeah. And then we meet Edwina Lionheart. This is Edward's daughter. She mourns at his grave while Declan goes to speak with her. I'm just going to say it. Real Will Smith move of Edward Lionheart to name his child Edwina, Edwina Lionheart. I was going to point that out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I almost made a note uh, where I was like, I hate people who name themselves. Yeah, right. Like, but it is so him. gender switch. Of but, course. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Shout out to my dad, William. Anyway. <laughs> Do you know why she's called Edwina? There's that a reason why they picked that name. Uh, Shakespeare character? No, but close. In the play is Miranda. They change it. Wait, because, for, of, because of The Tempest, right? Yes. 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 I do not know why. Why did they call her that? Edwin Booth was a famous Shakespearean actor, John Wilkes Booth's brother. Oh, that's right. was yes. one of the most preeminent Shakespeare, so they took Ed- yes. Edwin and made it Edwina. Everything. Yes. Yes. So he tries to explain um, that he attacked his... Uh, oh, uh, that Devlin attacked his work because it would... This is where... Because it would hope that he would get off Shakespeare and do something else. Again, bullshit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Let him do what he wants. Yeah. Like, it's... But it's also exactly what Devlin would say. Like... Exactly. Yes. exactly. He's the kind of fucker who has to justify somehow that he's some grand uh, person who is important instead of a guy who talks about how much he hates things on in a newspaper. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Rena tells him that there's no way that her father's come back to life. He's delusional. <laughs> what? Back to life? <laughs> My father? <laughs> She does sell it well. I yeah. know what you're doing, but like, she, she yeah. does. No, yeah, she does. But whether, she's amazing. Whether Edward too. Lionheart is great or not, Edwina Lionheart's a great actress. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Great actress. You know what? Diana now that I'm Riggs. thinking about it, what should have happened in this movie? <laughs> is Devlin should have put on a play about yeah. someone killing their th- critics? So Hamlet? Oh, yeah, yes! they do the mousetrap. That, that would have actually been fun. Mouse. That would have been so <laughs> good. That would have been fun. have someone playing Edward Lionheart, mm-hmm. and so Vincent Price has to come out and be like, no, that's not how you do it. That actually would have been great. Every time one of the critics dies, their ghost comes to Devlin and tells him to avenge their <laughs> oh, death. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> 
That would be oh, cool. This could get so twisty and, uh, and insane. Ah! This would be insane, though. I love this ending of this movie so much. It oh, is great. For sure. Yes, it is great. Oh my god. We're playing. We're playing Monday morning quarterback. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So Edwina, we've mentioned a million times, is played by Diana Rigg. We mentioned she's in the Avengers. We mentioned she doesn't have a brawn. Yes, we mentioned that. Do you guys have anything else? My uh, reason why I know she is is Olena, Oleana, Olena Tyrell in Game of Thrones. But she was so good in that show. She's like, good in everything. She's I great. had no idea who she was when I was a kid watching it. It's just like, I love this woman. As we talked about before, I'm a big, I grew up with James Bond, and she is the only woman that Bond ever actually fell in love with in those movies. I would say she's in one she, of those movies. She marries, she married him in. And then the, she gets fridged. And then she gets yeah. fridged by Telly Savalas. Oh, uh, so the scene switches to Edward and his stage manager uh, rehearsing a scene from Cymbeline. There is such a cool thing they do here where they take two different monologues from Cymbeline where the stage manager does the first line from one monologue uh -huh. then Vincent Price does the monologue from a different monologue but they make it into one scene mm -hmm. which is so weird because I was like looking at this I was like this does not go in order and I was like oh there's two different monologues they amalgam sure. together uh, which I think is really cool. So the scene switches to this chest. It was seen in line Hearts Theater. It's supposed to be like the Trojan Horse idea, and it shows up in Horace Sprout's bedroom. Sprout is played by an actor named Arthur Lowe. He's most famous for being in Dad's Army, which is a famous British sitcom. One of the coolest things is his wife is played by Joan Hickson, yes. who was Miss Marple. Yes. In, oh. uh, in all those kinds of things, which yeah. I think is she has like three lines in the movie, but like, yeah, let's get Miss Marple in for the, this. The minute she's she was on screen, I was like, I know the way that 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 the way she's. <laughs> I know the way that, that mouth works. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. I, yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Backing up the truck. I recognized her from my childhood. Hey, what did Miss Marple do to you <laughs> in your childhood? I don't want to talk about it. It's <laughs> like the, the guy, the button man after Bones and All. I'm going to leave that unexplained. <laughs> yeah, Actually, I think we did talk about the button did man we during our year-end wrap-up. Uh, well, not you weren't there. Oh, uh, I think we talked about Bones and, and I all talked about. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Prout should have realized that this was just his monthly Vincent Price box. <laughs> right. <laughs> he has that subscription. It's right. like Blue Apron, but every month they send you a Vincent Price <laughs> to just do whatever you want with. I right. can't like imagine. Baby Box from Vivarium. Right, of course. If I went to bed and there was some weird thing in my room, I don't care if I had the biggest lock in the world, I would find a way to get, as I'm not sleeping in that room if that's in there. Yeah. But I think it plays well with Horace Sprout is like, oh, I'm a theater critic. People are just Classic sending me gifts ignore, and everything. Classic Sprout, established um, from the beginning. Yeah. So the chest opens, it reveals Lionheart and his stage manager. They're both It's me, Peekaboo! <laughs> <laughs> They're in full surgical outfits, um, and there's this long scene that's great where they so funny. They basically they uh, they drug his wife yep, multiple yep. times, yes. and they basically uh, do some meatball surgery to uh, lop off horse's head. They lop off his head, and there's such a the, the music in this was like I looked the musician or the composer wasn't famous or anything, but the music in this scene is just so it's like this it's so pleasant. And it's yes. so weird with this creepy scene and everything. Oh, I love it. Vincent Price is using the excuse of Edward Lionheart being a actor to play different characters during yeah. each murder. Yes. So in this scene, he's playing like a very dedicated surgeon who is really pissed off at a stage manager for being such a crap assistant. Yes. <laughs> this is an old trope. But he's like, it's like he's doing that old head, sh like that four cut headshot where it's like, here's me as a doctor, here's yes. me as a clown. <laughs> now I'm playing tennis. Ex exactly <laughs> right. We have one of my favorite comedies, uh, like things in this movie that happens after the maid opens up. She sees this. Uh, she sees the. 
one, he doesn't look like he's okay. Obviously. No, no. <laughs> but she's just like, "Here's your dinner," and um, and she wakes up and she sees his decapitated head. She falls over onto the bed or uh, onto the floor. Wakes up his wife, who then is like, "What's happening?" sees the de- sees the decapitated head. She freaks out, knocks on him. The head then falls on the ground, which makes the maid wake up, and then she screams again. Mm-hmm. It's such a good little like. It's, so it's nice. It's a good severed head too. It's it a is good severed great, head. Great severed yeah. head. Then we get one of the weirdest things happens is it flashes right to now the head is in Devlin's house. Yeah, I didn't get this. Yes. So I actually, this is because I was like, this makes no sense. So I looked it up. Quick little explanation. This is from, it's not my words. It's from something that says, Horse Sprout's decapitated head rolls over when the maid discovers him. In the next scene, it is impaled on a milk bottle at Devlin's front door. Hmm. It has been said that this is a goof because Lionheart could not have retrieved the head after Such the maid saw it in the next Such morning. A goof. But the head left in the bed was a dummy waxwork head. Lionheart took the real head and put the dummy head on the mel- or and put that on the real bottle at Devlin's front door. This um, is some J.J. Abrams. <laughs> some George Lucas in his movies. This is some fucking like. Uh, I'm gonna write a script in 20 minutes and then I'll explain it later. Sure, I actually yeah. think it's a. I, I think it's an okay explanation. Sprout's head came back the somehow. O- the only part of that explanation I don't like is that. None of us could tell the difference between what was supposed to be a fake wax yeah. head and what was yeah. supposed no. to be a real head in the movie. Yes. Which maybe so, if it was like real hot and it started to melt. <laughs> sure. Actually that I probably would a different have been hot. great. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the head is just so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> that decapitated head. Ooh. No, yeah. Oh if there's God. one thing I love about old, portly, balding, crusty. <laughs> British men. It's just oh their God. fucking noggin. Yeah. Their gray decapitated head with... It's like, this is the best part of anybody ever. Mm, love a noggin. Give me that hussy. Mm. <laughs> then we're introduced to Trevor Dickman. Oh, who, my favorite. your favorite. Well, aside from Meridu, it's a tie between him and Meridu. Oh, yeah. just because, good. like, they're both, like, opposite ends of the spectrum where Dickman is just, like... Give me that pussy, and Meridu's mm-hmm. like, I want to fuck my dogs. Right, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dickman is at dinner, um, Edwina comes to him in now a blonde hair. So I, I want to point out, by this point, like, the, alo- the alum yeah. has been raised. I should have said mm-hmm. that. And, yeah, they're uh, trying to collect all of them. We and- need to get all these all these desperately important people to society yes. and to protective custody, because there's a... Shakespearean serial killer on the loose. Yes. Right. Um, I, I wish we had seen news reports about what was going on. And today in London, another theater critic dead by the hand of Edwin Lionheart, long thought to be dead. This is Grand Massey um, reporting on some <laughs> news from London. One of the few things when I watch it. It's not about Shakespeare, it's about us! <laughs> it's about the stories we tell! <laughs> One of the uh, one of the things when I watched this movie originally was that I didn't like is like okay they're all putting like this witness protection they all have to stay here but they're able to leave for the stupidest fucking reasons and then when I well, watched with Trevor Dickman like they didn't get to him not yet. Dickman no I'm talking about this later and then everything but then when I watched it again I was just like yeah these police are just fucking stupid and like yeah. they would well, and that cops, and it, so. it, yeah they're yeah, cops and also it's, it's British witness protection yeah. where like we'll 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 keep you safe but I mean if you want to go out for tea time but if you need a haircut I'm gonna pop out of the pub. 
problem. Yes, absolutely. Smacking urchin. Get the cheeky uh, nandos. So Trevor Dickman. They call elevators lifts, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Dickman's led by Edwina to Lionheart's lair. She basically seduces him and then he leaves. Trevor Dickman is played by Harry Andrews. A lot of Shakespeare in film roles as well. This is the one where she's she's uh, seducing him in the blonde wig. Yes. I, what's the actor's name again? Harry Andrews. Harry Andrews. I know Harry Andrews mostly because he is in the beginning of Superman the movie oh. as uh, Kryptonian it's elder. Trevor Dickman. Trevor, Trevor Dickman. Dickman. As Kryptonian Dickman. <laughs> he's el, uh, he's a Kryptonian elder number three, and I remember him. Shut the fuck up, Jorel. I need to go. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him specifically because he's the one who tells Jarrell to be reasonable. Oh, so, God. <laughs> you weren't far off. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Kryptonian Nixon. Nice. <laughs> he's a Dick's man. <laughs> <laughs> After Dickman's led into the theater, he is told that he is to be part of the show using mm. this revolutionary live oh, it's, theater. It's immersive theater. It's immersive theater. Yes. Um, and, of course, Dickman is so pussy blind that he's like... Sure. Yeah, whatever. Um, if it gets my knob wet. <laughs> Lionheart enters. He is dressed as Shylock. Reciting Lion's famous court scene of Merchant of Venice. Dickman is told he is to play Antonio. Anyone who doesn't know Merchant of Venice, Antonio has to get a pound of flesh cut off him. In the original play... Merchant of Venice most famous by being mentioned in Seven. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. Um, I feel... Like, most modern audiences know more about Merchant of Venice because of the movie Seven yeah, okay. than the actual play, The Probably. Merchant of Venice. Uh, Merchant of Venice is my yeah. least favorite Shakespeare. I Is it the anti-Semitism? Yeah, it's anti-Semitism. Yeah. Yeah. It's just awful. There, there's I, about I really two good scenes. Yeah, I really don't think that play should be done anymore. No. It's got one monologue. Half not a Jew speech. Yes. It's great. But, like... Maybe maybe we shouldn't do it anymore. There is a. The but what if I played Shylock having a big fake putty knife? <laughs> You're gonna say that? No, uh, we're gonna what cut that I off now. No. Shylock, uh, just spinning a dreidel. What if oh, I wrote a dreidel? What if I was like Doctor Robotnik and I wrote a giant, <laughs> oh, like a mechanical God. dreidel into oh. the courtroom? Cut. Cut. Just, like, <laughs> This is real 1930s Antonio Sonic. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> You'll never get my Chaos Emeralds. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so there, there isn't actually a, a pretty okay. What if Topol played? <laughs> What I think he oh, did. Probably, <laughs> unfortunately. He probably got to take us every Jewish role. So, uh, but yeah, there's actually a pretty okay uh, produ production and then a movie of Merchant of Venice with Al Pacino playing yeah. Shylock. And um, Antonio... There are lots of good productions. I just think it shouldn't be done anymore. Oh, no, I completely agree. <laughs> no, I hate the play. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe. I like a that play the... rooted in medieval anti-Semitism yeah. should yes. not be performed I anymore. I do like the Antonio and Bassanio. They make them gay in that movie, which is oh, cool. fun. Right. Except that Jeremy Irons plays Antonio and he didn't know it. Uh, oh. didn't know that they were supposed to be gay. And Joseph Fiennes did, who plays Bassanio. So Joseph Fiennes kisses Jeremy Irons. And he's like, oh. oh, I just thought it was a manly thing. I didn't know it was a gay movie. And I was like, and Jeremy Irons still says this isn't a gay production. I was like, does, are you fucking stupid? Does Jeremy Irons not know that I think most of the world assumes every character Jeremy Irons is, plays is gay? Because of, yeah. Back to the movie. <laughs> Famously in Merchant of Venice, Portia has a, one of my favorite parts of the play mm -hmm. is she has this amazing thing where she's like, you can take the pound of flesh but if you cannot take any blood mm -hmm. I think it like is one of a this oil burns for eight days <laughs> 
then um, you can take your pound of flesh. <laughs> I, I, I hate this play by Shakespeare, but I think this is a clever thing. And he, they do he, clever. He was a good writer. He just happened to be writing a really yeah. shitty problematic story. Yes, and yeah. I don't know if it's more him or just the time and everything. No, it was both. A, it like, was both. Like every yeah. almost every play he wrote, it was a pre-existing story that he was putting mm. his yes. spin on. The Jew of Malta was he, the original. He was now the original versions of the story that we have are way worse than his version. Oh yeah, he added the half not a Jew speech, but it's still the same story. And yeah, it's still no, there. it is. They no. didn't have a Mel Brooks to come in and show them how to do Merchant of Venice. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. actually, I would love Mel Brooks' version of Merchant of Venice. Oh, I bet it'd be great. If sure. anyone can make, I them. would like a Mel Brooks in the seventies version oh, of sure. Venice. Half if, alive. I don't know Mel if he still Brooks. made stuff. If you I, want, if you want, yeah, he just did a history of the world. Oh, I didn't watch part that. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you want that. Mel Brooks' version of Merchant of Venice, just watch To Be or Not to Be. I haven't seen or that. Just, is it good? Uh, it's great. I'll have to is watch it? that. It is. Is it? Yeah. Is it? It's good. Okay, back to okay. the movie. Lionheart <laughs> enters his. I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like Mel Brooks is more beloved than he is talented. Okay. So Dickman is the play Antonio, uh, where he gets a pound of flesh cut off him, but. They have revised the script, mm. so Portia does not save him. So instead, Dickman is killed. I wrote here that I'm so happy. This is where I was going to talk about the uh, Jewishness. Is mm -hmm. I'm so happy they don't give Price a huge nose for the Jewish character. Oh yeah, they I don't was do like, that. thank God. I so at the time I would have assumed he would have had this huge nose. They he saved was, that for Richard. Yes, yes, and I was going to say later. I was like, I was like, I'm completely okay for them using that as for Richard because sure. he wasn't Jewish, and it's not. I also love so much in the scene that Andrews has to play Shakespeare badly. Because he's like trying to read, he's like, oh, I don't, I've never read, done theater before. I'm just a critic. <laughs> yeah. And this is like a known Shakespeare actor and everything. Oh, it's so He does good. a great job. He's he, great. He's great. He's great. Yeah. I believe he really wants to fuck women. I know. <laughs> and one of the best lines in the entire movie is uh, delivered by Diana Rigg in here, where they says, you'll find we have made several slight alterations in the text and one rather large cut. And everything. Yes, very so very good. Mm -hmm. um, this scene is just fantastic. I believe that the real reason Edward Lionheart, aka Vincent Price, killed Trevor Dickman mm -hmm. in the scene is because Vincent Price was worried about his status as ultimate sex daddy of the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Trevor Dickman was just like throwing it around so hard. Yeah. He's like no! We need to establish that Dickman has bling when they open his shirt. Yes. He has like a little, he has a little medallion. He does! A little disco medallion on. Because he fucking swings. Yeah. He fucking swings big dick. <laughs> I'm surprised his nipples weren't pierced. If he hadn't been killed in this, he was going to be in a Hellraiser movie in like two seconds. Vincent <laughs> <laughs> Price is such a like uncanny, because like he is an attractive man, but like, I don't know why I think he's attractive. It's just Vincent Price. Yeah. Okay. I don't I think so. He just has a fucking vibe. A vibe. Ooh. Ooh. Good vibes only. Good vibes Got only. It. Good vibes only. So after he takes the heart out, he's weighing it on this scale, and there's this great part where it's like Ugh. two pounds extra. He's like, well, we have to make it a pound exactly. So yeah. he cuts off. The bit right where he's about to cut out his heart and there's this moment where he loses it like the character loses it and is just so mad because all of the people that he is killing keep saying it was all Devlin it was all yes. Devlin they all say that and he's so fucking pissed off that none of these people can think of any original excuses to say or own their actions he says this great line where he's like you're not worth the time and effort and ex effort and expense we put into this production yes <laughs> yes that's true and I love and I um, love that moment of like the character just sort of like seeing past the veil of their own existence to how pointless all of this is. And yeah, like Vincent Price mentions expense and like, 
Yeah, all of this shit all has to be real. Not just monetarily, but time, yeah, yeah. emotion. He had to like, rehearse all of these goons right? to, to make sure they didn't fuck up. And they still fucked up a little bit, but not as much as they would have. Oh my god. Listen up, you dirt boys. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to commit a murder? <laughs> We also we also jump past like the person who's supposed to play like the head judge in Italy who's like doing the court and everything yes. is like this one woman who's like and she's fucking nuts in the background. Yeah. She's like jumping up and down. Like I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, she's great. But also here's the point where we mentioned before that Edwina is clearly she's yeah. just there. Yeah. Like she's just there. She's out of her fucking yeah. hide costume from and they're gonna that be, 70 show. That is yeah. And there are gonna be plenty of scenes after this where they still act like the audience isn't supposed to know she's in on it yeah. but she's like that cat is out of the bag I think it's more playing that we are supposed to know but the critics aren't supposed to know sure. and everything yeah. oh yeah and I think but... one of the great things that the movie does and everything is that like you said it makes the critics so contemptible mm-hmm. that we're kind of rooting for Vincent Price in this that we're almost oh, in his sure. head oh, and yeah. everything well, he's dealing with one with charisma so yeah, 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 and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah so you're not upset when they get killed and hey, stuff who's the dog guy again Oh, uh, Meridue. Meridue is the other guy with charisma. He <laughs> is. And also completely Dickman, different reasons. Although apparently it didn't hit for you. Did, didn't I we, like Dickman. I, I like Dickman only because I kept thinking about Superman while looking at him. But mm. why? Because he's the he Kryptonian elder number three, oh, man. that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry I forgot about your fucking featured extra. <laughs> what a claim to fame. Fucking carve his name in granite. <laughs> he, got, he got to tell Marlon Brando to be reasonable. To be a real. lot of people told Marlon Brando <laughs> to be reasonable. <laughs> Not so many in the 70s. That's well, I think more people in the 70s. It's a shame that Brian Wilson and Marlon Brando never got to have like a powwow. Like just like two fucking fat crazy people. I think it's probably a good idea they didn't. Yeah. No (laughs) one. What would they have wrought though? (laughs) What would those two powerhouses be both separately moved on independent platforms of sand? Alexander Hodorowski mm. comes, shows up, and that tries to recruit them for Dune. For Dune, for the Dune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had like, a dream where you two lady in the tram cheeseburgers, I need you as the Harkonnen. <laughs> that would not be the weirdest thing that was going to be in that movie. So. Oh, no, not at all. Hodorowski's um, senses of crazy just went off when you two got together. I had to be a part right. of this. So the scene switches back to the office where Devlin has now figured out that the killer must um. be Lionheart. Um, who is killing the critics based on the series of play the previous summer. In his repertory season. Yes, Yes. he did this season. Um, He also explains how Lionheart felt that he was snubbed for the Critical Choice Award. We get a flashback of when Lionheart intrudes on them, takes one of the awards, uh, recites the famous to be or not to be speech while he's like walking around this balcony and everything. Great Mm -hmm. like direction and shot and everything, how we see him in the outside while they're all the inside. But also super Kanye energy. Oh, sure, yeah. Sure. Like it, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Not a good look. I'm gonna no, let you finish, but yeah, yeah. Edwina comes running out, and I said killing himself. You said that you thought he was just. I faking. always thought that it was part of a plan. Like, sure. although I guess in retrospect it doesn't make sense because the homeless people finding him yeah. seems coincidental. So it does. I think that he was. 
genuinely trying to end his own life. Yeah. Because he he has that moment where he comes in, and he's he's so grand about demanding the award, and then Diana Rigg comes in and is like, "Father, you're embarrassing yourself. You're playing into his hands." And he's like, "Oh no." Yeah. And also, I just want to point out in this scene, it really seems like Lionheart's the bad guy. Like it really mm. seems like he's just some weirdo who ran in here to grab the award. Yeah. But this is bookended by Devlin telling the story. Yes. And when Devlin's telling the story, he says, categorically, Lionheart's paranoid delusions are entirely correct. Mm -hmm. They did think he deserved the award. They were going to give yeah. him the award, and then they decided, fuck you, and just gave it to some other guy. Yes. Probably in most other movies, that mm -hmm. would drive me insane. Sure. But here, I'm like, sure. He yeah. fucking cares. It goes back to what you were saying, though. Every Lionheart is acting like a crazy... Fuck in this scene, yeah. but he, also everyone in that scene is the worst. So yeah. and everyone in this movie is awful. Yeah, and <laughs> I love is, it. It's great. <laughs> this is uh, the fantabulous eman emancipation of <laughs> Edward Lionheart and the Birds of Prey. <laughs> That's what this is. He's acting yeah. like a nut. He's oh. fucking committing crimes, but he's like he's in the right. Oh, fantastic! Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. So Vincent Price jumps off uh, while his daughter pleads with him. I love this. No popsy, no. <laughs> I love this scene. He's so fucking good in this scene. He's great. Mm -hmm. His entire, uh, it's from performance, but his outfit I love in this scene, especially. We see it again. Well, is this the one? The it's part the black where he and red enters, and he's just in the doorway with like his cape hat. Yes, open. yes, oh yes, my yes, God. yes. It's Edward Lionheart as Dracula. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, when I watched the movie, I was like, why do I, like, it was a small scene. I was like, I know it's a famous scene in the movie, but like, mm -hmm. why is this outfit? And then I figure out he wears it the same thing at the very end of the movie, yeah. which yes. makes sense. But it's such a, it's my second favorite outfit in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, then we see back into the office with Devlin. They get a package. They open it up. Oh, there's a great little tag note that says my heart. I, sorry, I can't be with you. My heart is with you or something, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Devlin, or not Dick, it's Dickman's heart mm -hmm. in the box. Mm -hmm. um, Should been Dickman's dick. Dick, yeah. um, We know that weighs at least a pound. <laughs> <laughs> and this uh, completely... Sonny Chiba just ripped it off. <laughs> this completely seals it for uh, Devlin. This has to be Lionheart. And we get maybe the best line in the whole movie. Only he would have the temerity to rewrite Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yes, that was great. Then we flash to our next critic. This is Oliver Larding. Again, we were saying they all went and win his protection programs, but he has to go to his wine tasting. He just got yeah. it. I also love that I never saw it until this viewing, but the place is called Clarence's. The wine tasting, which is oh. the character he's playing, Clarence, like he's Clarence and Richard the Third, who's about to die. Uh, oh, so the wine tasting. So is Batman villain, my God! <laughs> I also didn't mention it, but in the very beginning of the movie, there's a moving truck outside, and it's Shakespeare's moving truck, uh, oh, which that's is a little much less, less clever. It is. Um, <laughs> It's still nice, I guess. He goes down the wine tasting. They go down into the bottom cellar where Lionheart is dressed as Richard III. Mm -hmm. It's almost the exact Laurence Olivier perform. Uh, I think. Uh, I haven't seen that in a while, but it looks exactly like. has the big nose. It's, it's as... Laurence Olivier's version is very traditional. So this is like the, yeah. the most traditional like British stage idea of what Richard III looks like. Yes. Uh, I wrote down uh, Vincent Price, a cartoon man, playing a cartoon <laughs> villain, yeah. Lionheart. Lionheart in this scene playing a cartoon villain Richard III, the ham is reaching critical mass. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of ham, I have no idea where this note comes. Go oh, or why I wrote it. Uh, these I are my favorite assume, notes. But okay, imagine this idea for Hamlet. 
Yes. Okay. Where when Claudius kills Hamlet Sr., mm-hmm. he like inherits his butt. <laughs> what? So like his butt gets <laughs> what bigger. What does that mean? So, like, right. yeah, so okay. like he takes he takes Hamlet Sr.'s ham uh-huh. and like and that's like I the see. motive for like the murders is just to get a bigger butt. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The logic holds. Yeah. yeah. No, like, <laughs> imagine wow. if that were a Shakespeare play and yeah. it was just about butts. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like sure. just getting a bigger bussy. That's great, man. A fatter bussy. A that is, bussy. That's great. Hamlet, the quest for cake. Yes. See, this is why wow. Shakespeare was a dumb bitch. Right. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And why I'm the modern Shakespeare. I, I hate a lot of Shakespeare, but yeah, that's that's something. Only the Brad. Only Brad. Only the Brad? Only the Brad. Only that's Brad. what they call me on my fucking reality show. <laughs> only Brad has the temerity to rewrite Shakespeare to be there about butts. Go. Be about butts. Be about man butts. Man uh, butts. Lionheart, as Richard III enters, he's doing the famous. Is now. this where he says, in the depth of my bosom? <laughs> That's later, but yes. <laughs> so he's doing it now as the winner of our discontent speech, yes. mm-hmm. and he kills Larding by drowning him in wine, just as Clarence was in Richard III. And also, he's like sort of capering about. Yes. And at one point, he like lifts up his robe, and I was fully <laughs> expecting him to just like break it down. Like I was, <laughs> I was fully expecting Vincent Price to just like throw it back and just like start fucking twerking. It's such a great thing because he's doing the hunchback of Richard III that yes. everyone does. Yes, 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 yes. But then he gets done and he just stands up and walks over sure. and it's like I, I hated it at first, but I was like, yeah, no, this is just kind of like yeah. it, it's an actor when you're done playing the role, you walk yeah. off the stage. Absolutely. But I also love his makeup in this because he looks like the male version of a hag. <laughs> yeah, like he looks yes, like he kind of does. More yeah. Male hags. I told you before, Vincent Price is the Bobby Yaga works. True. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just uh, dig up his body. Uh, <laughs> put him in the movie. <laughs> Any plan that starts with digging up a corpse. Right. Um, you're in. Yeah, everyone. No, that's, that's how we met. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Billy and I had just gone to see The Green Knight, and right? we were going to dig up um, uh, fucking the poet? Uh, Thomas you... Mallory's yeah, corpse. That's right. Yes. He didn't write that, but sure. It's the Godwin poet. Whatever. I don't know why I corrected you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thomas Mallory did. Uh, he did the Arthur King. That's Arthur wait. That's how you guys Arthur. met. We were going to dig up Thomas and Mallory, I yeah. and you were like, and "Hey like, guys, you um, don't want to go there." Uh, um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I actually feel like such an asshole for doing that. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oliver Larding is played by Robert Coot. He was the. <laughs> that's his name. Fatty <laughs> Cootie? I don't know. That's worse. No, no. no it's, def- it's definitely uh, Coot. And he was the original Hugh Pickering in My Fair Lady. Not the oh. movie, but the, the Broadway mm-hmm. musical. Yeah. Other mm-hmm. Shakespeare roles. The as movie well. was a, a, a weirdly understated Jeremy Brett. Speaking of Sherlock, just because I want to tie right back to the great mouse sector really quick, because Brad, you said you hadn't seen it yet. No. And you weren't sure if you were going to like it. I would say Vincent Price's performance in this as a rat is basically like what Radigan is. Sure. Like it's it's kind of the same. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the ending of The Great Mouse Detective. Like, yeah, I the, really want to see this movie. No, I'm not going to spoil it. The climax is one of the best things I think Disney's ever done. Oh, if you know sure. what I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, oh, the third act Come. of that movie is amazing. So much coming. Oh, 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 my seed is in we simply must go on. Yes. So yeah, this, no, eventually this must find it. <laughs> so the scene switches the devil and coming to Edwina. Coming? Oh, no. Ow. Ow. <laughs> My balls are 
empty. <laughs> Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this is my exit for the 1,500 <laughs> podcast. It's uh, been nice having it lasted. Goodbye. <laughs> so the scene switches. What were we doing? <laughs> the scene switches back to Devlin, who's asking Edwina to ask for help. But the right. police take her into jail to question her. Mm. Um, Devlin then goes to his fencing lesson. Of course, as you do. As Absolutely. you must. As you must. Where he runs into another fencer who's <laughs> just kind of standing who is, there. Who has said that the place is closed down. The yes. fencing master is... Off to fucking Rio with Hugh Jackman or whatever. Yeah. Specifically, he comes in and says, Oh, it's closed down. Yes. <laughs> Vincent Price doing a wonderful what French, French accent. accent. I am new. How you say new? <laughs> it's a shame Vincent Price never played Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> and then he starts reciting Romeo and Juliet to him, uh, specifically the Mercutio Tybalt fight. Yes. This scene is interesting because it was Vincent Price's idea. He had trained as a sword fighter and he wanted to use his fighting choreo. Was this him fighting? Well, that's the thing. It was, and then they replaced it with doubled him, and he was very upset about that. He I was like, too. Uh, he was like, I did yeah. the things and everything. I have seen the Jackson Chan movies. <laughs> <and> I, wish, <laughs> I wish to do the same thing. Uh, but yeah, no, he was like, can I do some fight choreo? And they were like, yeah, sure. What do you want to do? He's like, we can fence in the middle of the movie. And they're like, sure, why not? And that's why this scene is in the movie and everything. Well, it's not just fencing. It, it, they, it's it's, yeah. br- it's awesome. like a, not that I've seen this film, but it's like a the quiet man fight. Where sure. It just, I was going to say, it's, it's like the sword fight in Die Another Day. They're just going all over the I was going to ask. Eventually, they're on trampolines, which is my yes. favorite part. Yes. Absolutely. The so trampolines. inspired. And I was going to ask, because I don't know a lot about action, as we've talked about on the podcast yeah. before. Is, like, I love this, but is this good at, like, I didn't know how it's this pretty was good. like because i this, love it but yeah. this is not an action movie no. so we cannot expect like choreography or editing for an action movie yeah but this was still pretty great like it's this pretty was a great. lot of fun absolutely yeah. i think i think it's awesome the, the the highest compliment i think you can give action is that it's fun to watch yes and so this, this is tons works. of fun yes. yeah brad and i have both brad and i have very specific like rules we talk about when it comes to filming action scenes and we've seen plenty of movies that break all of those rules and we still come away being like yeah. that was great okay yeah. i i had fun when i looked at it yes yes yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. like if if you're having fun watching action it's good action yeah. exactly Okay. And we all three had fun with this scene, so yeah. it's good. Nice. My favorite part of the scene, though, is at the end when Vincent Price takes his mask off. Yeah. <laughs> it's some because sort of surprise. It's, some, it's a surprise, but also, this is the scene well, where he Vincent, takes it off before that. Vincent Price is, decides to go for the fucking uh, Emmy in this moment. Yes. Where he's, Oscar. He's, sure, Emmys whatever. For television. Yeah, but he decides to go for it here where, he, he, he again, he goes to a bunch of different places in this movie. He's playing around. He's being silly. In this scene, he's just like full on, you fucking ruined my life. Because yes. it's Devlin. It's the, it's it's the, the devil. It's Devlin, yeah, yeah, it's the devil oh, in. Oh, Devlin. Oh, devil. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Dr. Faust. Um, while Christopher Marlowe is getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... There's another twist for the movie where it's like, it wasn't Vincent Price the entire time. It was a Kit Marlowe fan. <laughs> he doesn't get his due. He was better. <laughs> 
I will ruin the good name of Shakespeare to prop up my own hero. I don't want to see Christopher Marlowe's Jew of Malta play in this, though. Mm, Um, So while fighting, Lionheart explains that the meth drinkers who found him injured in the water, we've kind of talked about this already. Yeah, he washed up on their shores. Yes. And And he helped to rebuild him. You asked about why they, like, follow him and everything. I kind of read it as almost like the thing. He was their white god. Yeah. Basically, like I was going to say, is like when the um, Central Americans or when the Europeans came in, they thought that they were like messengers from God, from their gods who were coming down. And these poor schmucks, these dumb idiots, because if they were smart, they would have money. Yeah. Well, These also, primitive-minded bullshit heads. Well, also think, he comes from the sky. He jumps, that's why I was like, he Ooh. jumps off. That's why I'm like, this guy just jumped off. He comes from the sky, lands here and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that they literally think they're like, his go- like they're, that he is their god or something. That's mm-hmm. kind of why I was thinking yeah. that they, uh, that's mine. So, so sport, although but. we missed a line of love. Alive in triumph. And you thought me slain. Oh, wonderful. So good. Fantastic. I also love that at the very end of it, he quotes the famous Brave New World with people in it, which mm-hmm. is from The Tempest, which how Billy and I met. <laughs> Fishman. Uh, right. Lionheart cuts him multiple times. And I love that he's like keeps cutting him throughout the fight. And when he comes there to basically kill him and everything, he doesn't kill him. He lets him live. Yeah, this was another confusing editing thing, I think. I have an explanation for this, because I was... I was confused by this and I was thinking about it. Diana Riggs in jail right now. Mm-hmm. I think this is him being like, hey, very publicly, I'm alive and oh. committing these murders. Oh, okay. let, I love that. Let my accomplice out of jail, please. Let my daughter, who I have an uncomfortable relationship with, go. <laughs> As much, and I love that explanation for yeah. it. I think probably it was because Vincent Price wanted to do this fencing thing and they didn't want to cast another actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love that explanation for it and everything. No, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. I, think, stuff. I don't know that the director thought of it. That's just what well, I thought. Well, the director was not yeah. set. <laughs> right. That's, that's right. The director was in fucking Cabo. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. I love the way you say that. You usually be talking about like a shit movie that like the director wasn't there, but we're like, we love this movie. But yeah, it's like, great. thank God the director it, wasn't it, there. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Price was the director. Apparently, he, he did his own fucking makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and choreo. And choreo. Kickball change. So after this fight, we switch to Devlin in the hospital. Um, while the constable, there's this great little gag where constable is reading Othello in the background mm-hmm. and everything while the other guy uh, interviews him. And it's one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie is um, he's like, so what is this Othello about? And the constable's like, oh, look, I have it right here. And he's like, no. And he puts it <laughs> one second. This poor man has been reading Othello, so he understands it. He's like, let the fucking critic explain it. It's a running well, gag throughout the film that the constable is very dumb, but not, yeah. but very put upon by his boss. And he's so funny. I didn't even look up who the actor was. He's I, very good. But, though. like, he's great. Yeah. But as soon as I heard Othello, like, alarm bells. Oh, yeah. Off of my brain, it was like, please, no. Yeah. Please, no. Oh, don't do what I think. I don't need Vincent Price in blackface. You think blackface. Vincent Price is going to be in, oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought Vincent I Price was going to be in blackface. I, I was actually, sure of it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I actually didn't think he, I thought someone was going to, but the reason why is because I Crystal. think. Crystal. Right. Yes, yeah, they were going to bring him on, of course. Yeah. Um, hey, Vinny, I just <laughs> brought the shoe polish. <laughs> <laughs> thought I'd um, walk on set. <laughs> But I think... My friend Josh Gaddis here. (laughs) 
he's he also he's, do blackface? He's no, a Josh beast. Just oh, okay. Sucks. Yeah, he just sucks. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, I kind of thought the reason why is like I don't think they would play Vincent Price would be the Othello is because I think Iago is the more mm-hmm. lo- beloved role. You have to be the better actor to play Iago because it, yeah. it has more lines. It's more the main character, and even th- though the play is called. That turns out to be correct. I, yes. So in, in your idea of this, the fear that you would more have is that the person he's manipulating in a very Iago kind of way, some reason he would have slapped <laughs> blackface onto it. Yeah, it kind of sounds stupid, but yeah. Shine your shoes, gov! He's and then he just goes just for the got, face. He's got a water balloon full of black paint and he just like splats on his face. I'm more just scared of hearing the name Othello in movies now after oh, I, like yeah. everything. Orson Welles, like... Oh yeah, no, for real. A lot of, lot of actors that I mean, specifically Anthony Hopkins, that I otherwise respect. Yeah, oh, I forgot uh, about Dan that. Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have more respect for Anthony Hopkins than I do for Lawrence Olivier. I do. Yeah. Yeah. But still, um, it's very disappointing. I think Anthony Hopkins, even when he was not an old man, like, I just get this feeling like you just sort of guided him towards, like, <laughs> incredible actor, but I, I feel oh, like yeah. he just does whatever. He just yeah. kind of does stuff. Yeah, that's true. He has a TikTok, and it's the funniest thing in the world. He's a wonderful old man. Yeah, he's, he's very wonderful. Yeah. He's, like, dancing so... on it and yeah, everything. Yeah. So then we have Solomon Saltry, I think is how you say the guy's name. Oh, Saltry, the, the mm. muscleman. He is. Mm. The fucking heavy, the, the mm. brutus. He mm. got, this is kind of sad. He was played by Jack Hawkins, who is in a... That million. is sad. Fuck that. Man. Well, do you know what happened to him? No. I, oh. Did he choke on his own dick? No. But he was in a million different movies in Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh. Later in his life, he always had throat problems. He had throat cancer, and he had surgery to try to get rid of it. He couldn't speak anymore. So no. the movies he was given, he would never have any speaking lines in. But later in his life, he was dubbed by Charles Gray, who played Blofeld in a whole bunch of the Bond movies. He's the criminologist oh. in Rocky yes. Hard. And he plays Mycroft Holmes in yes. the Jeremy Brett Holmes show oh and he's my favorite mycroft yeah yes um so he is actually the voice of jack hawkins in this it's jack hawkins but it's charles gray's voice it over is? oh i so, love charles gray um, oh yeah. which is really fun which i'm happy that he was i remember i read like interview where he had and he was just like i'm just so happy that people let me do roles anymore even oh, though i know i can't no. speak and everything yeah. so um, that's he's probably an asshole he grew up in the 30s yeah. so it's devastating but it's sad he so. had throat cancer and he made a dick joke <laughs> The choking on his own jig dick joke. Well, <laughs> I'll get mine in hell. <laughs> so, um, Solomon Sultry shows up. Well, what happens yeah. is Vincent Price is pretending to be the masseuse mm-hmm. of yes. Sultry's wife. Yes. And he is doing the old school karate chops karate on the back yeah. as part of a massage. Yeah, it's great. Which is such an old cliche. Yes. It, like, warmed my heart to see it again. I was like... Oh, yeah, that's how we used to think people got pampered. <laughs> and I love the performance that the actor playing his wife is giving. Mm-hmm. She's just, oh, she's lo- it's, it's, it's orgasmic. full on porn actor. She, well, she was a, basically, uh, she wasn't an adult film actress, but she was known for being like the sexy actress okay, growing up. Okay. She was the known as the British Marilyn Monroe. Wow. Oh, wow. And she was like the pinups that would be in all British girl, uh, British guys, like homes growing up and stuff. She so, fucked like, uh, oh, Winston Churchill. <laughs> 
Who didn't? <laughs> I was say. Oh my god! Winston Churchill got so much pussy. Yeah, you know. Queen so Elizabeth II, I'm gonna roll my cigar gut into you, and I'm gonna throw my dick into your the hole. Pe- the whole peace sign thing with that, like their V for Victory thing, that yeah. was spin later. It was just he just kept doing that. Yeah, he just yeah. Kept <laughs> you guys couldn't see it. Billy made a cunnilingus gesture. I did. Ooh. I did. So Solomon Sultry is called by the stage manager, saying your wife is cheating on you. Then Vincent Price arrives as the masseuse. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where, like, I love this movie. Movie all the way up to this point, but these disguises, these last kills, are amazing yes, for real. They are something else. <laughs> it's something like else, it hits like especially the Romeo and Juliet fight. I was like, this movie cannot get any better, and it does. Yeah. And I just, oh. yep. So anyway, so yeah, he comes in. Sultry goes into the his door house. Door's locked. The door's locked to the bedroom, and Sultry just fucking bursts Hulk through. Fist. He fucking Lou Ferrigno's his way in, and here's what I wish. Here's Jonathan. Here's. <laughs> Here's what I wish. I wish that somehow they had established that Sultry was like the Hulk. Right. Extru- yeah. Like he was the muscle. Yeah. <laughs> like he was just, he was the ox. He was the strong man. Yeah. Because that's his whole vibe during this. It is. is like he's just like I'm the muscle man. I'm here to fucking kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love I feel like if this if the actor playing Lionheart were almost any other horror actor, especially one of the younger actors that would have been coming up around this time, he would have been having sex or possibly even sexually assaulting this woman. Yes. yes. It's because Vincent Price is the sort of like the gentleman of blood kind of vibe Absolutely. to him. That he's um, a enthusiastic masseuse. Yes. yes. That's how I'm sure that's it. the only reason Vincent Price didn't make <laughs> love to this woman. <laughs> especially if she was like this known person for playing sexy characters. Sure. Sure, yeah, like, that's great. Split. Yeah, especially when this movie but, would come uh, out, you would think that Vincent Price would be in blackface, you'd have a big <laughs> nose, and you'd be fucking all at the same time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Theater of Blood. Oh, this is the movie where Vincent Price is going to have a big nose, be in blackface, and fuck. <laughs> but when Sultry bursts through the door to yes. catch Vincent Price making sweet motions on his lady, <laughs> Vincent Price delivers an expert karate yes. chop. Yes. That's uh, so good. Vincent Price is Captain Kirk. Vincent Price is Ross Al And I good love casting. how Solomon just walks, or Sultry just walks in, and she's like, damn whore! And he's just like, doesn't even care about Vincent Price. Yes. He's like, no. just, ah! And, and again, it's a Which is very so course, real. Like, people blame the woman which for Which is awful. Thing. That and, is true. Um, that is true. It's awful. He, he gets karate chopped, and yes. Vincent Price just sort of, like, moves him bodily over to his wife, mm-hmm. and then says, like, is, uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of of lovers she's had yes. and then just dips. Which is fantastic because he's playing the Iago character yeah. and he's maneuvering yeah. and just, oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. And he's, he manipulates Sultry into killing his wife. Yes, and I, this is... I will say, Othello took a whole play to be manipulated into killing his wife. Yeah. This guy took two minutes. Two yep. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's... <laughs> this is true. One phone call and I'm out. One phone call. Also, it's assumed that he has been a regular masseuse for this woman. Oh, like, she's like, yeah, oh, you're she's back. excited to see him. I am. Vincent Price has so many odd jobs. <laughs> he's a grave digger. He's a masseuse. <laughs> Look, I'm sure he's a newsie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, the expense is piling up for these productions. God. He's got to pay for it somehow. So yeah, and this is one of the only ones that Price does not actually speak any Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only line from Othello that's in it is he says, "Down, strumpet," which mm-hmm. is one of the last things. Which mm-hmm. is fun because when we, I just was in Shakespearean drama at my college, sure. and that was like our Ooh. favorite. That was oh, like sorry. our no, you're fine. That was like our favorite word because strumpet was using like eight of his plays. Strumpet's great. Um, strumpet's so we got our teacher sounds with like a, a word says strumpet cupcake. on it. It was amazing. We love that word. Sounds sounds like, did you say it sounds like a cupcake? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So then we switch to Chloe Moon, um, which is our next oh critic. God. This is one of my favorites. This, this is, is this is the fucking best. <laughs> I, I referenced it in the intro because it's yeah. like my favorite. No, it's, you it's have amazing. to. <laughs> so, so Chloe arrives for her hair appointment. Uh, Chloe Moon yes. is played by Coral Brown. She was in a good amount of stuff, Shakespeare stuff. She was in Macbeth. The most known thing for this is she, we already kind of talked about, married uh, Vincent Price. The funniest thing for me about this is the time that they must have met. The first time they were on scene together was the grave digger thing. Yeah. So she saw him as a grave digger and was like, well, yep, that's, that's what I want. They shot it sequentially. Well, that's what the commentary track said. Oh, okay. That it was the first time they met. That's really funny. I don't know if I, it was a random producer, so I don't know if I can trust that. But if it is, yeah. like, sees him as a grave digger, like, that's who I want. That's what they want. I like him dirty. Give me that bone, man. <laughs> So this is something that I found in the trivia fun facts. It is my favorite fun fact about the movie. Mm -hmm. So during pre-production, Brown insisted that her wardrobe only have designs created by Jean Muir. The Mm. costume designer, Michael Baldwin, said he could not accommodate her due to budget constraints. But director Douglas Hickox informed him from Costa Rica, wherever the fuck he was. (laughs) (laughs) Director Douglas Hickox informed Baldwin that he was increasing the budget to accommodate Brown's request. A very angry Baldwin complied, got Brown the Muir designs, and was infuriated when he found out that Brown kept the clothes after filming. Of course she did. So she was like, I need That's this. That's why she won the yeah, designer. Yeah. This like, why she married Vincent Price. Unquestionably, this was a heist that she pulled yes. off. I love that fun fact. I love that fun fact. That's great. Yeah, so Chloe we, Moon. We made the Steven Soderbergh reference earlier. Can we Oceans, just have Ocean's yeah. Eleven with Vincent Price as Danny Ocean? Right. And Vincent she's, Price she's making the, an entire movie just to get his wife a dress. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. She's the Brad Pitt part. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, so Chloe Moon arrives for her hair appointment, uh, but it's not a regular hair appointment. Oh, no, no. Mm. She gets Butch. And who is Butch, you ask? Well, it's funky Vincent Price with a huge-ass <laughs> afro. <laughs> Who speaks as that 70s groovy, like, oh, groovy. <laughs> like mm. No, uh, it, it, it's, mm, mm, it's mm. not groovy. It's 70s gay. Yeah. Oh, it's 70s, 70, yeah, it's yeah. 70s hairstyle That's just Vincent gay. Price. <laughs> yeah. But it's not just... It's not just this wonderful afro wig. Ugh. It's also another fake mustache yes! on top of the mustache. Because he has a horseshoe in this. Oh, it's so oh good. It's fucking amazing. She, she's there for a hair appointment, mm-hmm. and they put that huge bowl over her head. And what Vincent Price starts doing is he starts quoting the very last lines before Joan of Arc is uh, put on the stake and burned in Henry VI Part One, I believe, is the play. Yes, yes. So uh, Joan of Arc, yes, she's burned at the stake, famously, yeah. and claim to fame. Part of 
Vincent Price's, the speech that Vincent Price is reciting uses an old term for bundles of sticks. Yes, I forgot. Yes, yes. that did. And it's in the Shakespeare play. It's an old word for bundles of sticks. It starts with an F, and I'm not going to say it. But Vincent Price does say it in the scene, and when he does, on that line, he does limp wrist hands. Yes! Because, I have a note about it, yeah. Because, and I, I I, was watching this with my wife, Kaylee. We saw him do that. And I was like, oh my God, that was on purpose. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. She, oh, he, and she said, yes, man of the people. There was no part of me that when I saw that, was, I, like, I was like, oh, that's not a great word. But at the same time, Vincent Price, like, knew what he oh, was doing. Oh, yes. For sure. He knew what he was doing. I wish they would have changed the line. But I, it is I the don't have a problem. I don't have context and it is also, speech. Yes. And especially given that it's 73. Yes. yes. I'm not going to say it here, but in context of the speech, if you're a Shakespearean actor, I don't think there's a problem with saying it in no, the context I don't of the play. So. It's a very old play. And it's also it not is. supposed to be, a, they're not using it as an offense. Yeah, exactly. Not. There is a line, I didn't mention it because I think it was important, but it kind of ties in now, is the uh, Merchant of Venice scene and everything. Mm-hmm. In that line, he does say Jew when he's that and everything, yeah. but mm-hmm. Vincent Price changes, or I don't know if it's the screenwriter or something. Jew-woo. <laughs> uh, no, they just cut the line out and everything, and I wonder if it's just because he didn't want to act like he was even though that famous line that that character is and everything, you don't really ever get that line and everything. He may so have it could been, just be. He may have been wanting to reduce just. Focus on Shylock as a villain. I think and, that's and what he's doing. The Jewish element, yeah, which is amazing. And that's why I sure. love Vincent no, that's Price. Good for him. Uh, yeah, she gets electric. Ele- why can't I say a word? Vincent Price, greatest friend to the Jewish people since Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so Moon gets uh, electrocuted by the hair curler, a la Joan of Arc. Favorite and death. Incredible. Yeah, Favorite fucking great. death. Well, so I like the next death. one, but yeah, next one's oh, the next one is the best. The next one's fun. This <laughs> is the great. Fucking camp kill. I this agree. Is the fucking great, like Friday Love the Thirteenth. Love an over the top execution. Yes. 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 Or no, I'm sorry. On uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Five. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, kill, yes. Where it's yes, like, yes. This is not necessarily a fucking Freddy kill, but this mm-hmm. is still great to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think like the the other thing is like when they mentioned the plays and everything, there were things I don't know if you have the same thing, Billy. But when I when I was going through and I was like, oh, I hope they do these deaths and everything. I don't know if you as well, Brad. But and when I heard um, Henry, and I was like, oh, please be at the Joan of Arc because I just want to see someone burn on the stake. Sure. And then when I went and I was like. Oh, this hair. Oh, yeah. I know where they're going with this hair salon and everything. I was just like, so I also love that when she's getting electrocuted, the constable comes down. They already had left. She's dying and everything. And he just watches it. He doesn't like try to come down and save her. She's just like, ah! What is he going to do? He's not, <laughs> yeah. a, he's yes, not a hairstylist. He's not going to. This is true, but he also like doesn't look worried. He's just like, ah, yeah, another day. She's, she's not a piece of property, so he doesn't care. That's yeah. There you go. And I also love how if uh, like I love how he's just looking. He's like, well, this is just that new kind of hair salon. I guess it's just what they do now. (laughs) It's like when Fred Flintstone gets a fucking concussion, and everyone's like, "That's a wacky new dance." (laughs) Fred Flintstone gets his fucking skull caved in, and everyone's like, "Let's do the womp." Uh, so then next scene is Devlin comes to meet with Edwina again. Um, Edwina says that her father has called her and would like to meet with her. She mm. asks Devlin to come with, but without any police. 
yeah, famous no, trope in yeah, movies. <laughs> Listen, I don't like the police. Yeah. If anyone ever tells you to go someplace without the police, <laughs> yeah. call the fucking police. <laughs> right. so. um, and then we get probably my favorite Vincent Price costume. He's in this red suit. He's wearing this red hat. I don't know if either of you guys remember it. No. It's the next scene. He's he's when he's doing Titus right before the, the scene and everything. But he's in this like nice red suit and I, oh, I love it so much. I will say I Diana Rigg, I think part of the reason why Diana Rigg loved this movie so much is that someone wasn't asking her to be pretty for once in yeah. her young career. Yeah, and you even can though she is gorgeous. She's very, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But she was so tired but of being that. The point of the role was not like, hey, exactly. you no. sexy cow. And you, that, can, you can see when she got older, she really ate up the idea of being an old crone in these in roles like... Because she got to act. Exactly. Yeah. The Last yeah. Night in Soho. And oh, she was great. So she was great so. in that. She has this incredible role with her daughter in an episode of Doctor Trying Who. Trying <laughs> In an episode of Doctor Who where she gets to say the great line the doctor's like this this technology could be terrible in the wrong hands and she turns to the doctor's like you know what these are the wrong hands <laughs> oh that's great she gets to really she would turn around with her butt and be like <laughs> no. these are the wrong hands <laughs> Oh, God. And you this is like eighty year old Diana Reagan. Oh yeah. Point. Oh yeah, yeah. god. This, this was a Matt Smith episode. <laughs> oh okay. Like, this was recent. Oh, no, god. she's twerking, and there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> more than usual twerking. <laughs> more than the usual twerking for Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I watch it for. Oh, that's, uh, that's the. I watch. Oh man. <laughs> Top five reasons I watch Doctor Who. <laughs> right? And he pulls One. up three fingers. <laughs> One, the Titan, easy to understand chronology. Right, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two, Christopher Eccleston. Of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, that wasn't even a joke. No. Yeah, yeah. 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 You just, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only Doctor Who I like. <laughs> Three, Billy Piper's lips. Right. Did you only watch that season? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. Four, all the clapping hams. <laughs> And, and five. 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 Russell T. Davies identity politics. <laughs> uh, yes, they've aged so well. Yeah, oh <laughs> He's coming what back. What if everyone was gay? Yeah. So Lionheart's in this amazing red suit, mm-hmm. and he puts one of his men in disguise, and he starts to recite lines from Titus Andronicus. Mm-hmm. Everyone heard there was going to be a Shakespeare murder movie. You immediately knew they had to do Titus. Yes. It's going to have to be Titus, yep. Basically, we go to Meredith Meridue's house. They have all these police around. They're in a police car outside, the two detectives. And I love this little line thing where um, where the guy's reading. I think he's reading another Shakespeare. Maybe it's Titus. And he sits there and he's like, so what's the next play that, uh, that there's murder's going to happen? And the guy goes, attempted murder, you mean, and everything. <laughs> it's like, this is our job to stop yeah. these. Like, although, so the police come, and then they see Edward Lionheart's decoy drive mm-hmm. right past them. They're all like, oh, go, everyone after him. So they all leave. And then this huge truck shows up. Vincent Price and all his men are all in Baker's in uniforms, uh, while Meredith Meridu is being uh, brought in in like a witness protection vehicle yeah. um, and goes into the house. Now I can say that Meredith Meridu is played by Robert Morley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morley was a famous British actor. He was known for playing pompous English gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. I feel like that could go for like half the cast. Oh yeah, for sure. sure. Now this is, I remember when we did, I think it was Phantom of the Paradise, you brought up that one of the actors, sadly on Wikipedia, was named Corpulent, if you yes. remember this. This was sad. 
I found something so much more sadder about Robert Morley. Um, this is on his Wikipedia. It's on the first thing. It says, this is about someone's review of him, and they put this on his Wikipedia. Recognizable by his ungainly bulk. Oh, oh no. Oh, we're not done yet. Oh, no. Bushy eyebrows. Sure. Thick lips and a double chin, particularly mm. effective when cast as a pompous windbag. That's on his mm. Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Who the fuck? What did Robert Morley do to the guy who writes Wikipedia? <laughs> John Wikipedia. It's just, it's just his grandson. I He's like that fucking. <laughs> he murders people and he gives everyone uh, answers. We're good. Okay. Um, so yes, the Meredith stumbles onto. He's walking around his house looking for all his dogs and everything. Uh, because we haven't mentioned up to say. this point. Okay, cool. That he always has like poodles with him. Yes. Yes. Oh, we didn't uh, his mention. Funniest yeah. trait, his most like mm-hmm. trolliest trait, because like every time something happens, he's like, "Oh no, poor Poopsie is affected." Yes. It's like, "Oh no, I've seen a corpse. Don't don't look, little babies. Don't <laughs> yes. look." Yes. Yeah, we didn't really talk a lot, but like Meredith Meridue is completely very flamboyant. Uh, yes. I don't know if that's just him. I think it's just him. But Brad said he has these two poodles that he carries around all the time, and he's very much the. I don't want to say comic relief because it is a comedy and everything, but he's a very mm-hmm. funny. Character. He's the um, gay relief. Yeah, sure. He's yeah. the flamboyantly telegraphed gay relief. Yes, sure. he's constantly yeah. wearing pink throughout the whole thing. Yes, I don't know if Robert Moore. I don't think he was. I think I looked it up. I think he was had a wife and stuff. Oh yeah, I'm sure he got Vincent Price had three of them. <laughs> <laughs> All in his basement at one time. <laughs> <laughs> so Meredith's looking around and he opens up the curtains and he finds Edward Lionheart in a chef's a outfit. Chef. Dresses Satan as a chef. Yes, <laughs> yes. Goatee he's got on. And he's acting as You've if he's heard of Hell's Kitchen. Welcome to it. <laughs> and he's acting as if he's part of a television show called This Is Your Dish, where I guess people yeah, I guess people fucking fuck? break into your house Was and just give like, you food. and cook for you. <laughs> I didn't look this up. Was oh, I don't think a, it was a real. No, 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 no. 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 There, it's a. It's obviously a play on "This Is Your Life." Yes, which was yeah. a show that surprised people with things, but this is your dishes, nothing. No, <laughs> where they just um, come into your house and make you food. But Robert yes. Morley knows it. He's like, I've always He's wondered. A huge it. Fan. What, what would happen if I was on "This Is Your Dish"? I guess people would make you food, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't what know. Is the I guess show? they would break into your house during a murder spree. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's talking there and everything, and he starts eating his dish. We should mention that Vincent Price, I think I mentioned before, is um, that he was a chef. Um, he wrote a couple cookbooks with his mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. and he hosted a couple cooking shows and everything. Um, so he starts eating his dish, and he enjoys it, and when Vincent Price tells him that, he's like, oh, where are my babies? And Vincent Price says, well, they're baked into your pie that he just ate. Edward's also reciting the final lines of Titus mm-hmm. when he's um, get, feeding the things to Lavinia and Eat. everything. Eat, eat your sons. (laughs) (laughs) And for those who don't know, the scene that's being referenced here is a scene in Titus where Anthony Hopkins uh, cooks a bunch of, uh, cooks the children of a woman and feeds them to her when she doesn't know. Ye old Anthony Hopkins. Ye old Anthony Hopkins. The character is named Anthony Hopkins. It is. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's where he got his stage name from. It's a good movie, too. I think That's why what inspired him to be Hannibal Lecter. Exactly. (laughs) Julie Taymor, I think, did it? Julie Taymor directed it. Anthony Hopkins plays it in the Julie Taymor movie version. Yeah. And also could not resist doing the 
again. Oh, yeah. He oh, wasn't yeah. playing the part. Because he's, he's, he's a goofball. He's a yes. goof. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know what the people want. Yeah, you, you knew exactly what the people wanted. Um, Edward then brings out two pies that have Emeritus dogs' heads on top of them. Yeah, so gross. Well, he's getting grosser. <laughs> yeah. And then he throws him onto a table, puts a funnel into his mouth, and forces him to eat more and more of this while taunting him about his review and everything. Oh, it's um, great. It's I love it. so nasty. It's so the, awesome. The funniest thing that happens to me about this is when he's doing that, he's doing Shakespeare. What play do you think that's from? You would think Titus, because that's yeah. the thing here. It's Romeo's lines before he goes up to Juliet's um, tomb and everything. Oh. He, because because he says something, he's like, this tomb that's uh, that ate my love and everything. Oh, There's okay. those lines. Amazing on the screenwriter because it, it works perfectly. Sure, yeah. It's Shakespeare, so right. like, who cares? But, right. Um, that's that's a weird. That's that's a weird choice. Yeah, and I the, in, the innuendos of the babies and the dogs mm-hmm. are also great. Then we flash to Declan meeting with Edwina. I'll just yeah. break in here real quick. One last line. Uh, my wife Kaylee said while watching this movie with me, I think Shakespeare would be bewildered by this movie. To which I said, I'm bewildered by this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Shakespeare is a lot to get over. Like, sure, um, it is. 400 years of technology. Yeah, you'd have to explain and, uh, what a movie was you, first. Yeah, yeah, and like, okay, this is a movie, and also all your shows. Mm-hmm. You know, what if this gay man <laughs> murdered people battle? <laughs> <laughs> I think he would like it, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he'd just be shitting himself at, like, the oh, well, technology. Yeah. Like, he'd be like... Yeah, I mean, I'd be trying to feed him uh, like a Gordita Crunch. No, yeah, no, I thought about. This. I got you. I thought about this. Most of what, if I had time travel, most of it would be me going back into the past and just giving people Taco Bell. <laughs> It's like, I don't know so what else wanna, to do. You just want to kill people from no, the past. It would definitely <laughs> kill people. It would definitely... <laughs> Absolutely. It would definitely, I would definitely murder several historical figures <laughs> by giving them a cheesy gordita punch. Right, like, yeah. I'd be like, listen, I know your body can't handle the organisms in this. <laughs> Still, it's fucking great. Yeah. Like me stopping Alexander the Great's conquests by just like, yo, dog, you ever have nacho fries? (laughs) Wash it down with a Baja Blast. Oh my god, they would love Baja Blast. I love Baja Blast. It would kill them. It would kill them them categorically. But I don't care. It'd be like cyanide just going directly. Oh my god. It would be me being like, do you want to taste the most exquisite pleasure you've ever had? Or do you want to live? Oh I would, no, I'm the time tempter. Right. I yeah. go back in yeah. time and I test our greatest historical <laughs> figures against Taco Bell. <laughs> um, okay, so Declan meets with Edwina and he tells her that the police are tracking them. There's a tracker in the car. He then, while a wagon is going by, gets attacked on the head. They take his body. Diana Rigg takes the car, pushes it like into the, or drives into the tunnel, takes off the tracker puts that on that, and then drives off. I also should mention that the deputy that's been reading Othello and all that is in the back trunk. Andy, I'm in the trunk! (laughs) (laughs) 
So then we have the police come. They rush in to get the tracker to find uh, Vincent Price, where they hear the radio. This is so fucked. Where they hear the guy be like, oh, I hear a train coming. Ah! Yeah, where he gets get complete. And it's amazing that it's on radio and everything. Vincent Price is just Sylvester the Cat or Wiley e. Coyote in this yeah. movie. Like, it's just, it's too, too good. Like a gay, campy <laughs> jigsaw. Yeah. It's, it's like the mask where you're like, he, Bugs Bunny killing people is funny until you see it in real life. Yeah. Somebody stop me. <laughs> Diana oh, Rigg God. is also amazing in this scene. Oh, I mean, she's always she's amazing. She's always great. great. I also love that they use Hamlet, Fortinbras, and Horatio as code names. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. That was, that great. was fun. So then Declan is taken to Edward's lair. Which Devlin. Is the... You keep saying Declan. Is it Devlin? It is Devlin. Why do I keep saying Declan? Okay. I don't know, because you're <clears> dumb. Because I'm stupid. <laughs> I got big, moron. stupid, dumb monkey you brain. You got this tumor in your brain. That's <laughs> what you missed, Billy, from, from the podcast. fucking thinking. <laughs> Please keep that in. Sure, sure. Okay, so Devlin is taken uh, to Edward's lair, where he is strapped into a chair, faced opposite Lionheart at a makeshift Critics' Choice Awards. Mm. Uh, there are two daggers <laughs> that are on a conveyor belt to come down to stab out his just eyes. <laughs> It's so I don't good. know why I find this so funny, but it's just—it's <laughs> so convoluted. Yeah, it and is, like, and it's slow and cliche. This is where the saw stuff comes yes. back in because this yes. feels like like a sort of simpler version of the the trap Trent Reznor is in in, in that one saw in Saw Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, oh, Trent yes. Reznor. Yeah. yeah, Nine Inch Nails. Are like in the it. actual Trent Reznor yes. oh, was in a saw. No, it's, it's movie. not. It's not Trent Reznor. Who is it? Fred Durst. No, it's the it's the guy who died recently. Um, uh, Chester Bennington. Oh, it is yes. him. Yes. Yeah. Is it actually yes. yeah. you, you got it in one? Him. He was a big Saw fan, and they were like, "Do you want to be in one?" He's like, "Yes." It's the car one, right? It's the car it's one with the neo Nazis. He plays a he plays a, a leader of a neo Nazi gang who gets killed by Jigsaw. Saul's okay. got fuck. I did a one night where I did a Saul marathon. That was craziest dumb. night of my no craziest <laughs> night of my fucking life. Okay. Those movies are awful, but the camp that just comes. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I it's the best yeah. movie to be in because the, all the sequels you will still be in it in through five. <laughs> you will always get paid for that movie. That's very true. That guy, that Jigsaw has wicked job security for real. Spoiler: Jigsaw died Tobin about the Bell's third. Been killed like eight times. Tobin Bell died in like the fourth one, and he's still in the fucking movie yeah, somehow. Absolutely, he's just a giant tumor at this point. He's just a giant living tumor. He's crying at this point, <laughs> my, but instead of a brain, it's just a giant tumor. My favorite is I think it's Saw Six where. He's in. He's there in a flashback to make him look younger. They just oh, yes. the that's one with a backup, backup cap. And when he goes to get the book signed by yeah. the guy, oh, he's God. in a hoodie with his hands. Is like, hello. <laughs> So it's good. good. All right. Okay. So Devlin is taken to Edward's lair. Like we said, the the knife uh, idea is from King Lear. It's not exactly this way, but the famous Gloucester death where he gets his eyes taken out by knife. Edward, all he wants here is to give him his rightful award, mm-hmm. but Devlin still refuses. Uh, Lionheart reveals that the stage manager was his daughter the entire time. A what? A fact that fooled everyone less watching yes. this movie. <laughs> and not just big dumb Ian I got such a boner watching Hyde from that 70s show in this movie. Thank God it was a lady. Oh my God. Uh, it's the twist from Mulan. <laughs> 
<laughs> the choice from like half movies. Is that true? Uh, Devlin, half of Shakespeare plays. Yeah. yeah. Devlin still refuses. So no, I won't give you critique. <laughs> William Woodstock was better. Um, I love that little yellow bird. <laughs> so, uh, so Edward Lionheart has his daughter give him the award. He does a camp uh, speech when he hears the police sirens outside. Oh, there was one line that I he says here that I I really want to include because I loved it so much. He says to Devlin uh, when he's still trying to get Devlin to present the award and the knives are getting closer to mm -hmm. his face and he says you will lose your eyes and you'll have to smell your way through the world. Yes, Ooh, which yeah. is a reference to oh. It's a reference to my Dare favorite. Them. It's it's a reference to I think my favorite line in all of Shakespeare, which is from Lear. When that Gloucester gets out, uh, when Reagan or I think when Reagan leaves or everything, they say you can uh, smell your way to Dover. Like that's an actual Shakespearean uh, line. It's, yeah. it's a reference. Um, yes, and it is great. It's a great line, no matter where it comes from. Um, it's just good. The only other line that I think that's great is in this exact same scene when he mm. takes the knife and he says, "Out, vile jelly." And that's what he says when he takes out the eye in, in Lear and everything. Ah, nice. That play that's has so many problems, point. but I love it. We show something. This is the last Shakespeare. Perfect idea to end with Lear. Yeah. I mean, it's the one that's sure. usually Lear's, like Shakespeare's magnum opus and everything. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. It's a play about endings. Yes, absolutely. It's a play about daughters. That too. It's a play about daughters. You can also read Edward Lionheart really as a parallel as Lear because Lear's for, not a great sure, guy yeah. in the yeah. play and everything. And they're both kind of mad. A complicated um, relationship with good. his daughter. I watch a lot. Lot of Ross Meyer movies. So. Didn't you say you watched Ran? I did watch oh. Ran. So you've seen King Lear? Yeah, yeah, I've seen. It, yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen King the Lear. better version of King sure, Lear. Sure, right. With fucking samurai. That movie yeah. is amazing. I oh, still haven't Ron. watched the whole thing. I, I think I gave you. A I own a DVD. copy. I just have you seen Throne of Blood? Yes. Oh, nice. Throne of Blood. Love Throne of Blood. That's oh, awesome. Man. So good. <laughs> just show Mafune just doing whatever the fuck he pleases. Yes. <laughs> That sure. was his entire acting style. <laughs> it was, and it was great. What if I just make a loud noise right yeah. now? Yeah. Speaking of people who are over the top in the right way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The there's a bag of sand that is falling, and it gets stuck on one of the statues of yeah. Lionheart. Uh, mm -hmm. Great, like, metaphor and stuff. Which is stopping the blades from, from going into Devlin's eyes. Into his mm -hmm. eyes. The police arrive. Edward uh, basically takes torches and just starts fucking... <laughs> Amazingly, just I, it doesn't it doesn't look real at all. But he just throws it up and hits the curtains, and it's so cool. He so just good. he woke up and chose violence. Yes, as he did every day. But today he decided like he's like fucking Dennis Hopper at the In end of Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre Two, where he's like, bring it all down. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? No, but you, I it's think better it's than the first. HBO Max. I know. Yes. You need to watch I love it, it so, so much more than good. the original. Really? It's so It's fun. not as, like horror or anything, but like, it's just camp as The fun. visceral horror is not there, but yeah. it's also fucking insane. Right. Bill, yes, 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 uh, yes. Bill Mosley's in it. Bill Mosley's yeah. Chop Top. Top. And it's the um, best role of his Music career. is my life. And everything. I'll, I'll, I'll have to check it out. You need to watch it. It's, it's amazing. We might do it for the show. Which we might, yeah. Right. you're welcome. All of his men basically run out except Edwina. I just wrote here, oh my god, I love the last scene of this movie because it's amazing. So good. Edwina is knocked out by one of the meth drinkers while Edward recites the very the last lines of Lear. They, they do different things. It's all from the last scene of Lear, but they kind of jump around. It's not his very last lines, but it's yeah. the famous ones. Mm -hmm. So Edwina's knocked out. Edward recites the last lines of Lear to 
her. And then I think she, uh, Edwina also um, recites Cordelia to him, which is mm-hmm. a nice parallel yeah. and everything. Edward takes Edwina's body and climbs to the roof of the theater. While Declan is saved, it's at the very last moment that Edward climbs. He's reciting Lear the entire time. Amazing performance by Vincent Price here. My biggest problem with Lear is every actor who ever plays Lear will scream the entire show. Like, that's yeah. what Lear's known for. It's a three-hour show. Yeah, that... uh, it's usually played by Sam Kennison. <laughs> <laughs> The fact, that, <laughs> the fact that the fact that Kenneth Branagh the fact that Kenneth Branagh is directing and starring in a production makes me want to kill myself. Brana. Is it Brana? Oh, I fucking hate him so much. I understand. Um, I understand that. And he's just going to scream because that's all he does is he screams <laughs> and he's going to scream Lear the entire time. <laughs> we are a collection of screaming jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm a king. Look at my king. <laughs> but like, when he's playing Lear here, the obvious thing to do is you would scream it. You're literally at a roof, and he doesn't. He does mm-hmm. a little bit, but most of it is just more thought into himself. And I'm yeah. like, that is the perfect Lear portrayal and everything. It's like it's not screaming at the top of your lungs. We clown so on Vincent good. Price a little bit because he's a, a clown, but like also he's a he's incredible great. fucking actor. No, yeah, like he he's yeah. my favorite actor. Yeah, yeah. there's a reason we why. Clown Clown on him because he wants to be clowned on. Exactly. We yes. only clown on him to the extent that he allows himself. Like mm-hmm. he is in complete control. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are roles like um, that aren't comedies and everything, or like mm-hmm. campy stuff. Like Laura is a great. I think Hitch- no, I don't know if Hitchcock did that one or something. But he's in a early film I just watched recently called Laura, um, mm-hmm. which is very much more a straight drama role, and he's mm-hmm. great. So Ed- yeah, Edward climbs reciting Lear, and then he jumps into the fiery theater with Edwina's body, um, killing himself and her. Yep. And um, I have a whole bunch of notes here. These are my own things. So I wrote, uh, do you guys have anything before I go? Mm. I, I have something about this ending, but I think it, uh, whatever. You want me to do it first? Okay. You, you talk first. Cool. I, I, really, I love the ending. I think it's absolutely perfect. They're mm-hmm. perfect stand-ins for Lear and Cordelia. So they actually lit parts of the theater on fire for oh, real. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, right? I get, again, it's not great for like other stuff, but I love when practical stuff happens. Yeah. Because of course. Uh, it was a theater built in like the 1900s, and they were going to tear it down in the late 70s, early 80s anyway. So it wasn't used theater at all or anything. So they're just like, yeah, we can light parts of it on the fire and yeah, stuff. Yeah, fuck it, let's sure. burn um, ground. I really hope it was Vincent Price who actually did it with those torches. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the best quotes again at the very end is police detective and Devlin are uh, talking and he says, weren't those the last ones? It was line? truly Shakespeare that killed the beast. <laughs> I love he's like, weren't those the last lines of Lear? Like, you could fucking hear it all the way up there. Yeah. Like, Vincent Price is monologuing silently to himself. Like, the, the script writer assumed he would scream. Just, yeah, yeah, there you go. And I'm glad he did. And he says, yes, it was a, this is uh, Devlin. Yes, it was a fascinating performance. But of course, he was madly overreacting as usual. But you must admit, he did know how to make an exit. Uh, Such a good last line. I just love that he's still making fun of him after he fucking died. So after he killed like twelve people. Here's the thing: it already is kind of a wound to me that Devlin survives at all. The fact that he gets uh, the last dig at Vincent Price is salt in that wound. Now, here's the thing. It could have been much worse, because as we mentioned earlier, this movie was later adapted into a play, yes. which starred Jim Broadbent in the Vincent Price role and Diana Riggs' daughter of Doctor Who fame, apparently, uh, in mm. as uh, Diana Riggs' 
character. The play does make one of the changes that I was hoping for. It focuses entirely on the Lionheart stuff. Cool. It all takes place in the theater, so everybody has to come to the theater for stuff to happen. The ending of the... I looked this play up in college because I loved this movie, and I was like, oh man, I wonder if I can play a part that Vincent right. Price played. And I, I, I found the, a copy of the script, and I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I, I read snippets and bits and pieces. The play script ends as a completely different ending. They didn't want to burn down their stage. So instead, Devlin... Pussies. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> Devlin manages to get out of being killed by Lionheart by criticizing Lionheart to death. Oh. Devlin just starts reviewing everything about Lionheart, and his criticisms literally cut him down until he just oh. dies a pathetic, sad death. Sounds Can awful. I tell you the perfect yeah. ending for this movie? Go what for should it. have been? Mm -hmm. Is Edwina realizes her dad is fucking crazy, mm -hmm. and he should not have been murdering people out of petty <laughs> jealousy. And she's like... But I am no man born of woman. Mm. There you go. There you go. Or uh, she decide she doesn't just learn that it's 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 really wrong to kill people. We think that she dies, and then in the like the last thing twist, Devlin is going home. And is like no man may kill me. Then she says that as she pops up with like oh burns. that would be she's great. got burn scars all over, and she just like and That'd she be just cool. takes him out. I'm the Burn Shakespeare. <laughs> she pops. She pops out of a doorway, dresses a tree, <laughs> just kills him. All right. Does anyone have anything else to say? About this? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't think we talked enough God about this movie. movie. <laughs> um, I yeah. I was just gonna say I love. I've said it many times. Yeah, I love this it's movie a great so movie. much. Like I could watch. It just puts a smile on my face. Like it's yeah, like a. It's, it's, it's a happy. It's a great movie. Mm -hmm. We've had a ton of fun. Yeah. I don't know what we'll do next. I am super yeah. anxious to talk about a horror movie called Anguish. Mm -hmm. But I would like Billy to be here with us next week. We are definitely taking a week off. Not yes. this matters because of the editing schedule. Yeah. Uh, who knows what we'll be back with? But we will be back. Sounds okay. good. Bye. Bye, -bye. Bye everyone.